0: Hello, this is the hardcore legend Mick Foley, and if you are interested in listening to idiots, you came to the right place. Have a nice day.
1: I'm going to die surrounded by the biggest idiots in the galaxy. You're a slacker.
0: You stupid idiot! Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man.
1: Idiot! Game over, man! Hey, hey, careful with that, Ronnie Millsap. We're downrange. What's the matter with you? I feel like a Kentucky Fried Idiot. Oh,
0: I'll take it from here, nurse. We're putting the band back together. it. No way. We're on a mission from God. Gentlemen, Ciccolini here may talk like an idiot and look like an idiot, but don't let that fool you. He really is an idiot. I was gonna spend the night... Assembly well, the but this is holding my interest. I
1: got man. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, friends and fiends, and welcome once again to Free Range Idiocy, the podcast about everything, but mostly just the stuff we like. This is episode 15, and this time around we'll be recapping this past Sunday's WWE Royal Rumble. My name is Todd, and with me, as always, freshly returned from his top secret mission to negotiate a peace treaty between Jim Coronet and Eric Bischoff, the <laughs> jumpin' Jim Brunzel to my B Brian Blair. He's got all the vertical leap you can handle. I give you the man they call Tim. Hello, brother. How are you, my friend? I am doing quite well. <laughs> I, uh, I figured we'd go back to a little killer bees. Um,
0: oh, very nice. Very nice. It's weird, but when Jim I Jim Brunzel, of, man, he had a drop kick or five well, within him.
1: With a name like Jumpin', I mean, you ought to
0: <laughs> and B, uh, Brian unless? Blair. You know, I I always liked the fact that with those guys, they they just had the confidence and wherewithal to just uh, suck it up and wear the bee colored trunks to the ring.
1: Oh well, yeah, I mean so, you have to if oh, you're going to be called the Killer Bees, you got to live that gimmick somehow. <laughs> well, it's either that or you're going to have the antenna,
0: right? And, and, and and you have the Killer Bees versus the Hart Foundation you know i wonder who's going to win that one so
1: <laughs> i bet that now i'm i'm guessing that probably did happen and i bet those were some good matches cuz uh, i mean i rem- and the funny thing is when i think of 1980s uh tag teams yeah. for whatever reason those guys always kind of come to mind for me Uh, and i've been holding off using them for our intro here yeah but i'm like no i'm gonna drop the killer bees this time because i i remember and they were they were really good yeah they they
0: they were and and they were one of those teams and they did this in the 80s where you had you had guys that were you know what they called jobbers you know guys that just Mm -hmm. would lose all the time on tv they they were enhancement talent they were meant to make the stars look like stars and then you had i I don't know if you'd really
1: call a lot of them enhancement i mean iron mike sharp
0: well, Iron Mike Sharp, you know he.
1: Uh, Only thing that man was enhancing was like body hair.
0: <laughs> well, well, that in the he made he made George the animal steel
1: look good. That that in the
0: four the the fifteen year forearm splint that he seemed to wear for for yeah. all perpetuity. He
1: and who is who is the guy who had like the who who's wearing the cast for like ever? And didn't you wear a cowboy hat and something like oh, that? Oh, well,
0: that's Cowboy Bob Orton.
1: Okay, yeah, like that. Just that forearm that just never quite yeah. healed. I always wondered if him and Iron Mike were related.
0: Uh, you know, just not quite weak
1: bone structure in that family is just the only thing I could think of.
0: Not quite, but 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 the Killer Bees were one of those teams where they were allowed to have a modicum of success up to a point, and then they would go up against like the British Bulldogs, or the Hart Foundation, or whoever the. You know the, the the hot team at the time was and and would lose. You know, <laughs> so it was yeah. just like, you you know, I, I I remember watching primetime wrestling on USA with my dad. It would be like you know the Killer Bees versus the the Rougeau brothers, and I'm like, okay, I know they're gonna lose because the Rougeaus were working a program with the heart. Yeah, run. you know, it's one of those
1: stupid. Things, now so. now, quick question here because yeah. uh, so before we get into the the Rumble, yeah, proper when they go through and they internet introduce all the international announced teams. Yes, wasn't the, the wasn't one of the Rougeau brothers yes. on commentary
0: yes he was yeah okay he, he was one of the French ones yeah
1: okay that's what I thought I'm like yeah. wait a minute and then I'm like I, I, I bet Rougeau is not like just that person's name. I don't want to sound like a complete moron, but I'm No, I, was like, no, I, I think it was, Ray,
0: yeah, it was Ray Rougeau, I think. Mm-hmm.
1: So, uh, before we get too deep into this, uh, let me just put out our, a few things here first. Uh, thank you, for uh, first and foremost, for those of you who are stuck around. Uh, we took a little bit of a break there to start the year off. However, we are back. We are ready to uh, well, do whatever it is that we do. And uh, you can follow us on Instagram. We are on Twitter. We are on Facebook. All three of those at Free Range Idiocy. You can also subscribe to our podcast on Podbean as well as iTunes and once again, take a guess where the Spotify is Nowhere! Exactly <laughs> so uh, we are we are by default kind of boycotting Spotify for no good reason other than laziness on my part so now that we have the social medias out of the way uh, Sir, uh, what you drinking? To alcohol! The cause of
0: and solution to all of life's problems. Hold on. There we go. <laughs> you, you you caught me off guard. No, uh, I I am having a uh, you know I'm, I'm I'm diverting a bit from from the usual suspects here. So uh, not oh the Sam Adams. Uh, not the Goose did you find Island.
1: It, did you get a Did you get a hold of one of those one of those rare Mickey's that was in a Milwaukee cellar somewhere?
0: No, one has not produced itself within my vegetable drawer in my, my uh, refrigerator, which is <laughs> some you sort put of some vegetables in there. <laughs> well, we try. Um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> we but, put a carrot in there once; it didn't make it, so now it's just beer.
0: But I'm going hometown on this one. This is a, a Chicago-based brewer, Metropolitan Brewing. It's called Crankshaft. It is a Kolsch-style beer, so that is what I am having
1: today. You and your Kolsch's, man. You, you love you some Kolsh.
0: Well, I was trying to find something that wasn't Sam Adams and Goose Island, <laughs> and this one sounded really good, and I noticed it said Kolsch, and I'm like, I'm going to catch a rash of crap from Todd on that one. So,
1: <laughs> Well, and, and kind of rightfully so. But oh, no, that, that sounds delightful, uh, as for uh, me. Uh, I will be enjoying a a new uh, bourbon that I've added to my arsenal. This one is Johnny Drum, private stock. It is a a lovely, lovely bourbon uh, out of Bardstown, Nelson County, Kentucky. And uh, it is out of the Willett Distillery, for those of you who care about such things. Uh, This was uh, one that I got from a friend who went down to Kentucky and brought it back. Uh, I guess the name of it goes back to kind of when... uh, when, uh, when younger men were trying to join the army and they were too young, sometimes they could sneak in by, you know, being one of the drummers or the or the you know like the flute players or whatever fife or whatever you call. Yeah. They could get in that way and then they try and work their way into the actual fighting. So I guess that's where Johnny Drum comes from, if I'm remembering everything, because I can't care to actually read the label at this point. Uh, Interesting. But perhaps someone can correct me on that if I'm wrong. Please do. Oh uh, yes. <laughs> Oh. I mean, we're never wrong. I mean, you know, it's just no. always no, never. Never, 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 never. All right, so uh, we are going to be looking at the 33rd Royal Rumble. First Gosh, of all,
0: I'm, I'm old man. Sweet
1: fancy Moses. When the hell did 33 of these things go by,
0: dude? I I was there for the first one when they aired it for free on USA, and it, <laughs> it, it was like just kind of a. It was really just the Rumble match, and maybe like one or two other things, but. But I remember that, and uh, yeah, it's been that long. Wow. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, and I actually, it just so happens I forget. I'll have to look through my uh, through my YouTube history and find this video. But there was a video explaining that uh, that Vince didn't like the idea of the the Royal Rumble at first. That uh, it was Pat Patterson's idea. Yes. Yes. And they tried it out at a house show somewhere, and it went over like a fart in church. Yeah. And. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then it later got proposed in a TV meeting, and and I guess it was with a it was with Abersall, I think. Yeah. And Vince was like, "Well, Pat, tell uh tell them your dumb idea." <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: yeah. And and they were like, "That's a great match for TV." Yeah. And that's how it ended up happening, which I thought was hilarious because it's it's just sounds like such a Vince McMahon story. It might be totally untrue, but I want it to be true with it all does. of my heart.
0: It, it 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 really does, and and it's and it's grown into you know it. It still is, in a lot of ways, um, kind of the kickoff toward WrestleMania. So, yeah. and, and we'll, we'll touch on this as we go through the card, but, um, you know, it didn't start out that way at first. It's like once it kind of caught steam and they turned it into a pay-per-view, then it was kind of like a launching point for that. And I forget what year it was, like, for, for the first couple of years, it was just basically this this battle royal where where people came in, you know, one at a time, one through 30, yeah, and then, uh, then there was the year, and I didn't do any research, so shame on me. But there, there was the <laughs> one year where they—I'm surprised th-
1: you don't remember that just out of the recesses of your mind, I, sir.
0: You know, I used to, and then uh, once I crossed forty, everything's just kind of falling apart. You know, like no. like a no. screw that's or spring flies that. Um But anyways, uh, but there was one year where uh, they put the WWE Championship on the line uh, as for, for the Rumble, and that's the one that Ric Flair won. And uh, ever since then, after that point, then they added the stipulation that whoever would win would be granted a title shot. And then it evolved further in the 2000s when they decided to have, when they chose to have two world champions uh, because they had split into the Raw and SmackDown brands. And so they had two world champions for each brand. Yeah. And then they made it, well, the winner gets the choice of who they want to challenge. Gotcha. Um, and so it's kind of just evolved from there. And then the women, once the women's Royal Rumble started, then then it it, it adopted the same thing. So it's it's interesting how it kind of evolved from this, you know, it's just kind of an interesting match to something that um, now kind of drives really the storyline toward toward WrestleMania and, hmm. and who will face off. So
1: now uh, I believe, if I have this right, it was 1992 when Ric Flair won the Royal Rumble.
0: Yeah, debuted in 90. They did another one in 91. And then, well, yeah, I think, 92.
1: It's showing here the first Rumble was in 88.
0: Oh, interesting. Okay. So,
1: 1988, that was in ha- uh, Hamilton, Ontario. And yep. the winner of the first Royal Rumble winner was.
0: Was it Hacksaw? Holy crap, sir. How do you know this stuff? Because I re- I was watching it, I remember. I remember. Uh, I think yeah, I think it was oh Hacksaw gosh. Jim Duggan.
1: Yeah. All right, now now just to see exactly how deep the geekery goes. <laughs> oh good god! Do you remember what entry number he was?
0: Oh, god, I have no idea. I'll I'll just okay. Throw good. Out. If you would
1: gotten that, I would have I would have just. I'll just quit. throw a
0: number out and say he came in like twenty five or something like that. Thirteen. Thirteen. Okay. Okay. Uh,
1: and so that was the first one. That was Hamilton, Ont- Ontario. Uh, Rick Flair was at the prestigious Knickerbocker Arena in Albany, yeah. New York. Ah, that, that hotbed of wrestling, <laughs> Albany. <laughs> Almost as good as uh, the one where it looks like, so how did, 94, it has two winners, Bret Hart and Lex Luger, and that one took place in Providence, Rhode Island at the Providence Civic, Civic Center.
0: Yes. Yeah, that year they did a so, – so what's what's kind of happened is, of course, with anything, they try to find new ways to tweak and, and make it – I don't mean to say make it interesting, but just to bring a different angle to it, you know. And so that year yeah. they did the first ever double elimination where both Luger and Hart both – they basically went and they were, you know, tussling and then they just went over the top rope together. They both hit oh, at the same okay. time. And so then that I think that launched into like they had a tournament of some kind, um, either at the WrestleMania or at the pay per view before or something like that. So,
1: all right. Yeah. So I'm um, the funny thing is like looking through some of the winners here, and I'll I'll post a link to this in the in the show notes. It is kind of funny because there's not really any entirely embarrassing ones, although I don't know I might argue for this year's, uh, but. There are some ones that just kind of make you go, yeah, that, you know it's almost like Super Bowl winning quarterbacks where you've got the Montanas, you've got the Bradys, you've yeah. got the Mannings, and then all of a sudden like Brad Johnson, how he's how do he sneak in there? Right. How, how, I mean he's not bad. You know he's not bad, but yeah, what really? you're in the club? Oh, okay. yeah, all right.
0: And unless and we not forget, I, I think we referenced this in an earlier episode, but this was the event. That had the first ever uh, tag team come out as number one and number two with demolition. Yes, and which that was was hyster- like you, like no one had seen that before, and they yeah. came out and you're like, okay, what are these two guys going to do? And they just start beating the tar out of each
1: other. Yeah, which is so great. They just like they just wanted to fight. Yeah. They just wanted a fight, which and, was awesome.
0: And and I think that one was not one that had anything on the line. I think it was yeah. just the event, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, So, yeah, it was just kind of interesting that uh, and and, and those are the sort of little like kind of the mini angles they try to do within the match. You know, as it's evolved over the 33 years, um, you know, now it's sometimes a showcase for legends to come back for a match. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, one of the big things is the surprises, you know, either the surprise of uh, like like a well-known superstar who's coming into the WWE or, uh, or like I said, a legend who's just coming back for one night or something. Like, a few years ago, yeah. like, AJ Styles made his debut. And that what, – what I really liked about that was when the place – when his music started and then the word phenomenal came up on, on the screen. Mm-hmm. And you can probably still link a YouTube clip of this because they, they've left it up. But, you know, he was coming from New Japan Pro Wrestling. And, and not a lot of – it's not often that guys that come from there have recognition when they come into the WWE. You know, like, I don't mm-hmm. know that wrestling fans – Following Vince's product necessarily follow New, you know, New Japan, but he came in and the place just went ballistic. I mean, it, it was just it was so kind of neat to see that level of recognition for him and, and yeah. just the surprise of him coming in because there were rumors he was coming, but but it was never for certain it would be at the Rumble, and so um, that's so, kind of yeah. the beauty
1: of the internet now with stuff like this is yeah. it, there's so much more access to that information and and so much it's it's easier to be a casual fan. Of professional wrestling, and, and when you're yeah. trying to sell out a place like, well, I mean, there where was it was Minute Maid Park, which they mispronounced about a hundred times last night. Yes, uh, in Houston, Texas, it was like what forty four, forty seven thousand. Yeah, that they had there. Yeah, you got to have some casual fans. Oh you yeah, oh yeah, got to. Yeah, and and I think the the internet makes it a lot easier to kind of keep up on on that, especially where you can be like, oh, who's this dude? And and two seconds later, you've got an entire page of YouTube yeah videos that you can go through and listen and, and we'll see who they are
0: right and, and and before we move on one last thing though is these events though over the last few years have been somewhat i, I don't mean to say controversial but given your your favorite character roman reigns um mm. because of his and, and like you just said because of the internet and the casual fan understanding of what is going on and and the fact that there were other people that fans felt were more deserving -hmm. Of going on to WrestleMania than Reigns, you had over the last few years a lot of like crowd. What do you like? Like a reversal of the crowd against what? What basically was the winner? Mm -hmm. So when so a couple years Reigns would win. I mean they even went as far as to bring out The Rock one year to somehow diffuse the hatred toward him. Yeah. And it just did not work. I mean, it was just one of those things that people wanted to see CM Punk. They wanted to see Daniel Bryan. They wanted to see a lot of these guys who had never been given a shot yet go. And when, you know, as soon as Reigns or or, 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 sorry, as soon as those favorites got eliminated, everyone just checked out. Mm -hmm. So there were a couple of years where it was really amazing to watch. Like, this is your main event match.
1: Yep. And it
0: just was like quiet. (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean that that or that or they were just booing like crazy, which was the absolute opposite reaction that Vince and company were going for. So it, was, yeah. it it was it's been kind of interesting. And this year, I know you have your opinion on the match, but i I really found what they did interesting this year.
1: Well, we'll we will discuss when we get there. Uh, however, first we, you know, there there's always a price that you have to pay in order to get to the thing that you want. Uh, And so match number one is the price that we all had to pay in order to get anywhere. And match number one.
0: No, God, please. No, no.
1: Vince had Todd in mind when he booked this one. (laughs) (laughs) No. No. Match number one was Roman Reigns versus King Corbin in a Falls Count Anywhere match, which quite honestly, I mean. Which faces. I don't. I Tied. I feel, okay, uh, go ahead go ahead well I well, just I feel like this match is like my version of penance like I I'm I would have rather have taken like uh, like 10 lashes with the cat and nine tails than than this match wow I, I mean uh, King Corbin is is the black hole of charisma <laughs> Roman Reigns I, I where's the charisma kit <laughs> I don't even know what to describe him as I mean the the granted I mean as soon as as soon as I I tuned in and I started watching it and this came up I was like the only good result that I'm gonna be happy with is if there's an earthquake the earth swallows both of these yahoos and drags them <laughs> down and just we never hear of them again oh, that's gosh. the only that's the only outcome of this match that I'm gonna be happy with because I just feel like I'm a loser either way
0: the way I described it to you is it was. The man you hate at a, on a genetic level, as you have described, versus the man who has mastered the go-away heat. <laughs> oh. And and for the listeners, what that means is, in, in wrestling, they use the term heat for if you get a boo or a yay or whatever, you know, you get the crowd going. But yeah. there are certain guys, like w- like when you have good villains, like when Jake the Snake, for example, way back in the day, like literally used a viper that was, you know, devenomized and had it like chomp down on, on Macho Man's... Uh, Macho Man Randy Savage was tied up in the ropes, and he had him chomped down on his arm.
1: Yeah. I mean,
0: he was, like, just, I mean, booed and booed and, and you know, probably had threats on his life. I mean, it was just, it was just insane the, the level of just, like, bad guy animosity mm-hmm. people had toward him. And then you have guys like Corbin who people boo because they don't want to see him.
1: <laughs> oh.
0: Like, I mean, they're just like,
1: go away. We don't want you on the show. <laughs> I mean, and the thing is so uh, what what uh, what i i I tried to find my joy in this match where i could and one of the things was watching watching you know reigns come down to the ring and he's acting like the fans actually want to shake his hand on the way to the ring rather than just trying to get on tv which i was like oh isn't that cute he he actually thinks they they like him that's that's so adorable uh, and then, and then of course they have to do the cut scene, because uh, Andre the Giant took less time when they were carting him to the ring in WrestleMania. <laughs> it took less time for that to happen than for Corbin to get his dumbass down to the ring. So they well, had time to go back and cut, and they and they're like, "Oh, hey, guess what? This feud started back when when Corbin like rubbed a bunch of dog food all over Roman." And I'm like, "Is it 1983 again? What what's going on?" <laughs> And then I was like, well, there's two things here um, beyond the fact that I feel like I'm in a time warp. Is One, I actually thought that was Roman's fetish. I thought that he liked that. Uh, And two was, in order to really set you up for this match, it would have been more accurate had he been rubbed down in dog poo. Because (laughs) that's kind of where we're heading with this match.
0: Uh, You know? Oh, that's too funny. And then...
1: And then I love, you know, the announcers are trying to build it. Oh, these guys are – if if these guys are as great as they keep saying they are, why are they jerking the curtain to a damn near quiet crowd? Like, you, it was almost like everyone in the crowd was like, shh, we're trying to read the program.
0: <laughs> I think it was kind of a, a ring psychology thing in the sense that they were both competing later, right, in the Men's Royal Rumble, so if well, they have a match, they, they do it first so that they are in some – shape to be able to actually compete in the match later on but okay
1: well here's the problem with that okay okay if if you're if this is that integral if if roman reigns and king corbin are like your two linchpins for the rumble later on you're screwed you're screwed
0: well i i think they're at a point with reigns where like i almost feel like this feud that he's been doing with corbin and he had a feud prior to that with with drew mcintyre um who ends up winning the royal rumble Um, it's almost like they're trying to keep him away from the title, you know, like almost kind of like have him just work with some other guys to see if they can build up some goodwill within the fans to then turn him loose on the title. Uh, It's just Corbin is probably not the guy for that, (laughs) for for that task. Um, I, I happen to find it really funny that I think there was some sort of miscommunication during the entrance because they just kind of stood there with him while he's sitting on the throne, and he's like looking down, yelling at the guys, and nothing's happening. You know, it's yeah. like, and at one point I could see, I could read his lips, and he's just like, you know, yelling, "Put him down!" Like I think he was even getting nervous. Like, guys, we gotta get the show on the road here. You know, it's yeah. like, "Put me down, please." You know, sort of thing. So it, it was a little. I already odd. stink.
1: I already stink enough that I'm five minutes away from being fired. Anyways, <laughs> don't, don't ha- like, let it happen during the match.
0: It's like, it's like, don't you hear the crowd? They want me to go away. <laughs> yeah. Let me get going with my job. Well, and oh my God. The,
1: my my main problem, aside from the participants in the match, is this match was so slow. Like saying it was moving at a glacial pace is insulting to glaciers. <laughs> they, I mean, literally, they're they're not. There's no pursuit. They're just walking through yeah. the crowd, yeah. and occasionally a real weak punch gets thrown. And it took forever. For I mean. You could have cut that match in half, and no one would have cared.
0: Yeah,
1: at yeah. all. I we I think people would have been thankful yeah. because that match there was so few high spots in it. You know, it, it was. I mean, at one point, did you hear the USA chant?
0: Yeah, I, I wasn't sure where that even came from.
1: <laughs> I'll tell you where it came from: boredom. Oh, that's man. where it came from. <laughs> they're just like, you know what? We gotta do something. We're falling asleep. We paid good money for the tickets. Let's yell USA. So like, that's all I could think of.
0: So, so did you notice kind of early in the match when they were kind of they, they hadn't moved into the crowd yet, but they were near the announce tables at a ringside, mm-hmm. and you get this view of the announce tables where you can see their monitors. Yeah, go back and watch it. When you look at the monitors, it it literally looks like they're playing Tecmo Bowl. Like like it's this green with some colored striping on it. I'm like, what are they watching? Like, is that some sort of weird like script they're reading, or are they actually it playing a video? Wouldn't surprise
1: game? me. I mean, I would. I, I would be. I would be. You know what, Michael, you got this one. Which which was hilarious because another thing that I noticed as as they're as when they when things finally started happening, besides yeah. a couple of punches and kicks in the crowd, when they when when they started. Uh, I think it was Reigns did like a bunch of Samoan drops. Well, on, the, then on, they moved and, to
0: the, the the remote like announced table row.
1: Yeah, and yeah. I
0: thought they were gonna do. A, they were gonna continue to work that spot where they were gonna go all the way down the row and yeah. <laughs> take out all the tables. That would have been awesome.
1: But oh my gosh, I mean the Samoan drop is so over with Michael Cole. Like that is his favorite move of all time. Oh, he was Michael he was Cole acting is, like that was like oh my gosh, this is the greatest thing. It was like Mick Foley diving off hell in a cell. I yeah. mean, that's the level we were getting. I'm like, really? He just picked him up and dropped him. Like, that's not that impressive.
0: Right. I actually wrote but- down a note where I said the German announce table has more heat than Corbin. Yeah. <laughs> like, people like got off their butts more when they went to the German announce table than they did when he came down the aisle.
1: Oh my gosh. <laughs> and the funny thing was so when there was finally a run in, I'm like, couldn't they have done this 20 minutes earlier? And that way, you know, like, do the, you know what? Do the run in like 30 seconds after the introductions. Yeah. Save us all the pain. Save us all the pain. And then, of course, uh, you know, the one high spot, which it goes to show that the one high spot in the match
0: had nothing to do with them.
1: Exactly. <laughs> Wasn't even a dude in the match. <laughs> that ought to tell you something. Yeah. So then we then my 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 favorite slash least favorite moment in the match was uh, I wrote down, ah, the old obviously gimmicked plastic crapper bit. First pioneered by Bruno San Martino in 1972, <laughs> <1972." laughs> <laughs> which oh, was even awesome. <laughs> I mean, the fact that they just had like two furniture movers like bolted to the bottom and acting like, oh, no one will notice because these always have wheels. I'm like, no, they don't. Oh. No, they don't. Like the, actually, part of the reason thing that you don't want a want one of those things to do is to move. Well, that's the last thing you really want to do is to be able people push it around. Right. But hey, right. whatever. And they d- even did a crappy job on it because there's like a couple two by fours of shims on the bottom. Like you can't even do construction <laughs> well. Like there's no pride in this build out. But the worst part about that was they tipped it over. I'm like they didn't even have the the like th- they didn't even put any like fake poo in like just kind of <laughs> leaking out or anything. It was just like a perfectly clean, empty, plastic I, I, crapper.
0: I noticed that, too. Like, like you didn't see any liquid come out of it. And then Corbin comes out, and he comes out exactly the way he went in.
1: Yeah. I'm pretty <laughs> sure he used a hand sanitizer when he came out. Like, they didn't even show him coming out or nothing. Nothing. I'm like, oh, have some gosh. pride in what you're doing. Yeah. And then finally, you know, about... 25 minutes too long. Uh, uh, Reigns does a spear on top of the dugout because, and he gets the win because there's no justice in this world. Um, and and that's that was the match. That's the opening match is just 20 some odd minutes of these two goofballs having a slap fight and, now, and like thought- wandering wandering around like two guys who escaped from a rest home and didn't get their meds <laughs> through the crowd. Like they didn't really. There was no plan. It was like, uh. did these guys just meet? Before they got here, and there was no time to even think of these things. Right, right. It was oh my gosh! It was it was. I was like,
0: I thought the pinfall oh. in the dugout was kind of a cool visual. Um, problem is, well, when your finisher is the spear, it's 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 a little bit lackluster. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah. Like it's just, well, I
1: mean, you know. granted, his his setup is the the Superman punch. I mean, let's let's put it this way: lackluster might as well be Roman Reigns' middle name.
0: I thought of you every time he cocked Roman his fist lackluster fist and went to throw the punch. I'm like, oh, Todd Todd's having a sip of beverage at that <sighs> point.
1: Oh, I was, oh, uh, oh boy, I was I was gonna have to dig deep into my supply if that if that match went any longer. Let me tell you. Oh
0: gosh.
1: Yeah, and the the actually the funniest part of that whole match was seeing the uh, the 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 World Series logos that are still on. The, the dugout and realizing the whole like cheating scandal that has befallen Houston. I'm glad you and said Boston. that because I was
0: thinking that too. And I was waiting for one of the announcers to make some sort of sign stealing, you know, sort of joke. But then again, it's Corbin and Rain. So what are you going to say about
1: it? Oh, yeah. There's no sign. Ugh. So, so I have to, I have to ask because we are, we are going to rate these matches. Uh, what, what did you, what rating did you bestow upon this? match so i I, of a better term
0: i view a 2.5 as as average so i I gave it a two because i felt it was below average okay but 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 i i thought there were elements of the match that were that were somewhat fun and interesting i thought the samoan drops like i mentioned through a couple of the announced tables was cool uh you know (laughs) like you alluded to the action with uh the usos which were the two uh two uh brothers who who jumped in and uh, we're, we're fighting against uh, Dolph Ziggler and uh, the glorious one, Robert Roode. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I thought, I thought that run in was good and was pretty vicious. I think it's building up to a six man tag. They're going to have at WrestleMania between those, those three. So I know which uh, match Todd will skip uh, when we get to that one. But, uh, and then, like I said, I think, you know, just battling it out on top of the dugout was just, I, I, there were just, vi- it, it's more the visuals for me. I mean, there was really, I'm not invested in the story, uh, there really wasn't much of a story they were telling here. It was just a vengeance match for Reigns. He got his win, uh, mm-hmm. and it's just like, eh, let's let's move on. So I I gave it a two
1: two stars. Okay. Initially, I I rated this as a one star.
0: which I'm not shocked by.
1: And uh, but then in retrospect, uh, <laughs> I I did feel that. Uh, that the match was lackluster enough that it did deserve uh, a, a change in rating. Of course. So uh, I took this one from one star to negative 3,471 <laughs> stars.
0: Now wait, I deserve some credit for that. I texted you that last night.
1: that, that is That is one for each brain cell of mine that <laughs> died during this match. And actually, saying they died oh, isn't quite fair. Those brain cells committed suicide, so they did, did not have to watch any more of Roman Reigns and King Corbin. Oh, good so negative three thousand four hundred and seventy one on me uh, on this one. So it's going to be awful hard for them to dig out of this hole. I I I'm not sure that they're going to get back to uh, yeah. back to the Mendoza line. I, I don't pay-per-view. think so.
0: Given the way you rate these things, Holy yeah. Um, oh. So
1: that that then leads us to uh, match number two which i mean hey we can only go up from here right Uh yes so match number two was the the woman's royal rumble which i I, can we just take one moment here uh and i know we kind of talked about this at survivor series but man it is it is still and granted i'm not watching wrestling every week and this is like the second pay-per-view i've watched in the past year um so it's it's still very strange but yet really cool to see wwe have such a great woman's division oh yeah because back when 20 years ago 30 years ago i mean having a 10 woman rumble or a 10 woman like a battle royale would have been unthinkable there they there was not that many women under contract with wwe at the time right to have 30 women in a match and then still have another two matches featuring women who aren't in that match on the same pay-per-view is just it's kind of crazy for me
0: yeah
1: and and i think it's really cool because i feel like so many of these women are are very talented yeah um oh yeah however however there is still there is still a little some of the the stuff and granted, I know this is professional wrestling and all of this, and it's it's showbiz and 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 like a soap opera, but it does kind of bother me that in in a lot of these cases they are still leaning so heavily on the sex appeal aspect. Yeah, you know right. that that it's like uh, I get it. Like a couple of characters are just gonna be that way, just because like there's there's guys on the roster who kind of play off of that. I get it, but it's like it feels so much heavier on the women's side and I hope that's one of the things that ends up getting balanced out. I mean the the biggest example for this match is having Jerry Lawler doing commentary because yeah, it's, I thought that it's was having weird. it's just having a horny teenager doing commentary. That's like his whole shtick.
0: Yeah, yeah. And 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 I think we're kind of past that point and and yeah. so when I saw him I'm like why are they bringing him out? I mean we well, we don't need his you know brand of humor in this. Well, thank God
1: we didn't get any puppies comments. If we gotten that, I would just been like, you know what, we're done. We're done. I'm muting. I'm muting now because I just can't deal with this moron. You know, it was, it was funny when I was in college and I was dumb. Yeah. (laughs) Not not that I'm not dumb now, but (laughs) I feel like I've learned a little bit and I've 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 grown grown a little bit. It's a
0: different brand of dumb now.
1: Yeah. Now it's just a it's a sad dumb. Evil shenanigans. Um, oh, good anyways.
0: lord! I swear to God, I'll pistol whip the next guy that says shenanigans. Anyways,
1: I just I just wanted to kind of bring that up because yeah. I yeah. I thought it was really cool because one of the things I noticed was like like the theme songs were coming on and the crowd was popping within like two seconds. Yeah, it was like playing name that tune and people were 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 recognizing all of these themes. Like, yeah, I'm like, wow, that's kind of cool. Like, yeah, everyone knows who these women are. Like I don't because I just I'm not watching it as much. But wow, that's that's awesome. Right. And some right. incredibly great talent in this match. Yes. I mean, granted, some mediocre talent as well. But that that's in the men's match as well. So it was it was a really cool. I was I was actually really impressed with this match.
0: Yeah, yeah, it, it was really neat to see. You know, th- th- there were times like they brought out like Santino Morella dressed up as Santino, which was a little bit of you know comedy there. But it was like kind of like all right. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, I mean, I, I would have preferred to have seen him in the Men's Royal Rumble just because that guy does a hysterical uh, rendition of playing a tron- like an air trombone as he like marches to the ring, and that just makes me laugh. So it's a little <laughs> bit of a selfish thing. Um, but uh, yeah, I I think uh, overall it was it was a really good field uh, of women. Um, you know, especially they're, they're you know they're definitely le- you know leveraging the NXT uh, core that they have. Um, Mm-hmm. And, and like you said, it was, it was good to see the, those ladies getting recognition, you know, from the crowd as they came down. Because, I mean, honestly, I, I I don't watch NXT as much as I used to. So I'm not as tied into what's going on in the women's division outside of, you know, Rhea Ripley and, Sh- you know, Sh- Shayna Baszler and um, some of the top talent there. So some of these ladies, I had no idea who they were. Um, but, you know, the crowd certainly did. And, and you know, they they definitely brought a... You know different brands of, of styles into the into the match, which is pretty cool. Um, Bianca Blair or Belair, what, like whatever her name is there, she uh she impressed me just from a heel perspective because she. I mean, there there are some people you know we're talking about how Corbin is just kind of like this different sort of like heat as a bad guy. Yeah, she was annoying me, but but it was like a good kind of annoying, like as a yes. heel. You know, she's you know, using some shenanigans and kind of oh. using some luck to stay in the match. There right? Put those um, away. You know, I thought they did a nice job with her, you know, where, yeah. where she stayed in for a fair amount of it. I thought the, uh, the stuff with Otis was, was kind of funny. <laughs> it oh. just kind of popped in out of nowhere.
1: I was like, what the hell is going on? Like she's standing on a dude and yeah, who is that dude, and where's the rest of his clothing? Yes,
0: yeah, I mean, he's, he's uh, he he is not th- he is into a, a kind of storyline romance with with Mandy Rose, and so the fact he was just kind of like laying there as she fell out, and <laughs> he just, he stopped her from having her feet hit the ground yeah. was just hysterical. Well, um, twice. Well, she, he, twice. He, exactly. he caught her. Yeah.
1: Uh, but yeah. Yeah. Oh, there was there was some there was some good there was a fairly good blend of of humor. And, and some good action in this match, yes. I thought. yeah. Uh, I could have actually gone with... I could have gone with a little bit less of some of the more over-the-top elements. Uh, and here I am speaking of Nikki Rhodes, uh, who I feel needs a, a mixture of, of, like, medication, counseling, and coaching.
0: Are, are you talking about Nikki Cross?
1: Nikki... Oh, Nikki Cross. Why did I say Nikki Rhodes? Cause, well, because
0: there, there was the Mandy Rose uh,
1: who... Oh, yeah, yeah, I. Again, this is uh, having to decipher through thirty different names, <laughs> I know. and not and not knowing but like three of them. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm definitely going to mess up in this match and probably in, in the men's Royal Rumble as well. Yeah, yeah, uh, but yeah. So Nikki Cross, yeah, she's I don't I I just don't get it. I I don't get her character, and I didn't think she was all that impressive uh, as far as like in ring ability. But, again, maybe it was an off night. Maybe it was just what they had her doing. I don't know. Can you add any background to that, or am I just um, – am I in the ballpark?
0: No, I mean, she she's known as a good worker. I mean, I think she's uh, she's paired up with Alexa Bliss as a tag team, and I think they were tag champs for a period of time. So mm-hmm. she's had some measure of success, and she has a following. Um, I, I just don't think they used her the right way in this match. She just kind of, like, was a spazoid, and, yeah. <laughs> you know, it just wasn't – um, I mean that's part that is part of her character, but I think they could have done something different with it. Um, yeah, I, I I have a note here. Uh, the aisle cameraman uh, must be an athlete of some kind. I mean that, that that poor cameraman was running down the aisle after these women. Oh yeah, it was
1: well. You, it was you know what crazy. I thought was was really funny. I mean it, it's like so every it seemed like every third woman had like some element of her costume or or, or gimmick that was meant to be taken off once they got to the ring. Yeah. You know, like almost like the demolition demolition had their mask or, or, you know, all this stuff. And and it was a certain thing that they were going to take off at the ring, but they, they couldn't because by the time you got to the ring, you, you, they were trying to speed things up and get them to them, to the ring. So they'd like take two steps out of the dugout and then they'd shed whatever that is. I'm like, why'd you even bother putting that? Right. Like, (laughs) Uh, never mind why'd you bother putting on the coat oh never mind uh and yeah and then the cameraman's like i wonder if they had like two or three guys two or three people just doing like almost like a relay (laughs) you know just like one would get to walk back with the camera and then the next one would take it you know and and they kind of rotate to get a little bit of a breather right right because that was a lot of running man and those and those ladies are moving yeah i mean holy cow yeah that's just like a like a forty yard wind sprint every single time. Oh yeah, yeah, it was uh, it was interesting. So who who was a who was the discount Captain Marvel? I can't remember who that was.
0: So you're yeah, the Captain Marvel looking woman was Lana, and she's in a feud with uh, Liv Morgan, um, mm-hmm. who looks a lot like Mandy Rose. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I have a note. I'm like, are they the same person, just with different colored hair? I don't know. It did get um,
1: confusing for a couple moments.
0: Yeah, and, and so they're in what I would consider to be the soap opera-ish feud of the millennia here with uh, the two of them, Bobby Lashley and Rusev, who were absent from the event last night. Um, I won't go into depth on it. it it's one of those uh, feuds where you just kind of like, uh, do you know, do I want to – Yeah. how far do I want to insult my intelligence? So, um, yeah. But moving on from that, uh, you know, i got to give a shout-out to uh, Beth Phoenix, um, who entered the match with blonde hair and left the match with red hair. Uh, yeah. Red hair completely soaked in blood because she did something to the back of her head Yeah. during the match. And she went from, like, at first I thought she just had some sort of, like, highlight in her hair I hadn't noticed. And then as the match wore on, it just got darker and darker red. Well, yeah, <laughs> just th- not good.
1: I was wondering if it was some sort of, like, Terry Taylor, like, Red Rooster tribute. But apparently yeah. not.
0: no, no, that that was uh, probably not planned. so no. um but you know she you know in her heyday, you know she's she's re- she's retired and mm-hmm. is a hall of famer, but back in her heyday, you know she was a brute of a woman and she really dominated that that woman's division uh, for a number of years. and you know here she is now really not a, a regular full-time wrestler, but she was holding her own in the match really well, um, yeah. She was in there for a while. She had a good, uh, you know, kind of teaming up with Natalia. They're their good friends, and then the whole thing at the end of the Rumble where she eliminated Natalia was just fantastic. Yeah, you know, immediately like, after
1: like the heart attack.
0: Yes, yeah, they they just did that great maneuver, um, and stuff. And so yeah, it was uh, it, it was it was neat to see her kind of almost in a way get showcased and just kind of be the brute, you know, of 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 that match. Yeah. Um, the other one is uh, you know got to give it for Naomi. Oh you my know? gosh. You know, c- coming down in the outfit with the fro, I mean, she was fantastic.
1: <laughs> oh, she was amazing. That like her catching herself on the barricade from being so she her feet didn't touch the ground. Like she got thrown yes. out, catches herself on the barricade, worked her way across the barricade, then jumped on the announcer table with a little create the little bridge to get back into the ring to me was like oh my gosh that was it was fantastic and I then of loved, course they okay. like they they like eliminated her shortly after i'm like so you just wasted all that time right right and and it goes it goes for nothing like yeah. that's fantastic planning who who thought that one up that was brilliant
0: the the visual of her once she got onto the barricade shimmying around while they were yeah. trying to refocus on the match was just hysterical to me mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that was so funny yeah um, but I mean, did,
1: she was. But did you I, I know? I thought she was great.
0: Did you know she was one of the original Funkasauruses when there was the, uh, or or the Funkettes when when there was that one guy. Um, oh gosh, what was his name? I'm forgetting now. They called him the Funkasaurus. I remember sending you a YouTube clip of it because it was just kind of a great funk character that they were trying oh. to do with it. Oh, Brodus Clay was his name, and uh, and he came back as as the Funkasaurus or something, and he had two dancers with him. Huh. And she was one of them. And I, she has now grown into a, a full-time uh, you know member of the women's roster. so
1: she was she was phenomenal. I was very yeah. I was very bummed to see her get eliminated because I yeah. thought I thought she would have been phenomenal towards the end of this match. I thought that was such a high spot in yep. the match to yeah. to eliminate her the way they did. I thought it was just really cheap and lame. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, one of the other things I thought uh, was I just Charlotte Flair man. I, I, I was watching her, and I'm just looking at her. I'm like, I'm pretty sure Charlotte could have kicked her dad's ass back when he was in his prime.
0: <laughs> uh, yes.
1: And it's, oh, and yeah. And it, it's one of those things where this is one of my questions, uh, and even heading into some of the, uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll kind of bring it up again in the, in the Lacey Evans-Bailey matches. One of the big problems that the women's division has, I think, in my opinion, is you have some of these some of these women who are so physically dominant, and yeah. I don't feel maybe it's just the 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 their competitors that they're going up against in some of these angles. I don't get the feeling that they match up. Like I don't believe that that person could hold their own against that person. Correct. Like yeah. I look at Charlotte Flair and I'm like, how in the hell do you keep her away from the belt? Right. Because she, I mean, I look at her, I'm like no doubt, I mean, she can kick, you know, I mean, no, there's no doubt she could kick my butt. I mean, that's just a given, but I mean like kick most people's butt that you encounter on a daily basis. Yeah. She is, I mean, she just is jacked. I'm like, how do you keep her away from the belt? She should, I mean, she should just by rights be just destroying everybody. Yeah. Including like Shayna Baszler. I mean, you
0: yeah, and they've had that trouble with her because the, the focus has been um, I mean she and Becky Lynch have really good matches together. I mean they, they, they put on some some really, really good matches. Um, Becky can keep up with her. I, I agree with you. I mean it's very similar to when you know, the when we did Survivor series, you had Brock Lesnar versus Ray Mysterio. It just mm-hmm. doesn't work. Yeah. You know, there there are there are so there are certain small men who can battle big men and make the David Goliath thing work. But in this case, it's really not a David and Goliath thing. It's just you've got Charlotte who is very physically dominant against other women who just don't match up with her style well, and um, or or you have like in the case of Bailey and and Lacey Evans, which we'll get to, two two styles that just don't seem to jive, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, yeah. So I I, I think I think they went with the right person for for the win. I'm I'm a little confused because I thought they were going to go with with uh, Shayna Baszler um you know coming in late in it I thought she was going to win uh and go on and have that that match with Becky Lynch to kind of offset that weird ending to Survivor Series you know where where they never really there there was never really a defined ending between the two of them which is what I where I thought they were going yeah um so yeah I'm not entirely sure how that's going to work but unless they go with kind of uh you know, in some ways, a, a similar, a similarly themed match uh, to last year when it was Charlotte versus Becky versus Ronda Rousey. I'm wondering if they're going to now do Charlotte versus Becky versus Shayna Baszler.
1: So um, Lynch is Raw, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And where's Flair? Is she SmackDown?
0: I think she's SmackDown. Yeah.
1: Well, that would make sense. I mean, then you get the you get the whole triple threat thing, which right. going back to one of my complaints about the triple threat matches in the Survivor Series. In the Royal Rumble, when they do these false eliminations, to me it's like, oh, well, we just need to make this person go away because we don't have enough interesting stuff for them to do and we need to get other stuff going. Right. Like, that was one of my complaints with this one. I would have much rather had, you know, uh, had Flair in there with Naomi and, uh, and, and Baszler and... and Beth Phoenix can go like uh, yeah. great. I, I get that she's a legend and all this. Okay. That's a nice moment. But is she going to be, is she now coming back full time? Like, why are you,
0: Right.
1: why are you giving her such a push in a match when she's not a regular wrestler? Um, yes. And yeah. I would have re- much rather have her been eliminated. Naomi been in there and, and had flair still involved and had some interesting stuff happen rather than, Oh, well we just need to make, f- Uh, Charlotte go away for a little while so we can have interesting stuff happen here because no one can really hang with her. I just I feel like it was just an excuse to have Charlotte go away because no one else can really they didn't know if anybody else could hold their own in the ring with her and it not be all about her. Right. You know, it's like we gotta get her out of the way so that we can have, you know, Basler have her moments and all this stuff. Right. I don't know. To me it was it was a it was kind of a lame way to to finish it up. I would have much rather have seen Flair be an active participant. Yes, um, yeah,
0: and, and and I feel like overall in this match, uh, and it'll be reflected in my rating of it, is that um, I, I feel like there, compared to the men's match, there was a, a major lack of storytelling going on. Yeah, you know, I mean, there there was certainly an aspect of Charlotte trying to prove to herself that she could make it to the end and and stand tall. There was Shayna Baszler who is. You know, all signs are pointing to her leaving NXT and going to one of the main rosters. So there's just that expectation, you know, again, due to Internet casual fan stuff that she's going to advance. And and there was just that open feud with Becky. So it just seemed to make sense. But outside of those two, it's like the rest of it was just kind of thrown together, you know, and there there wasn't a lot of cohesive storytelling.
1: Uh, Oh, Mercedes Martinez. Good sweet Lord. Yeah i i want more of her yeah because she came in she looked great had the great like just oh my she she was ready to destroy anything in her path yeah looked dominant and then immediately she gets lost in the shuffle yep which i thought was a shame like i was like she should have just gone on a tear and and some of like like oh my gosh have her just throw out like dakota and and like Kelly Kelly and all like some of these. Like, I'm like, seriously, where's Bobby with the Brain Heenan to be like, where are these ham and eggers coming from? Right, like just,
0: right,
1: just have them have her like pitching them out, like you know, like she's just tossing frisbees. That would have been phenomenal. Yeah, I would have loved to have seen her go way deeper in this thing. Yeah. And that was one of the things where I'm like, that's a lost opportunity, I think. Oh, yeah, because I think she was really good. I, I liked her immediately. and. Of course, that meant that that was like the kiss of death for anyone who came in. That I was like, oh, I like her. <sighs> okay, never mind.
0: Well, sa- same same thing with Tamina. I mean, she comes in looking like a monster, mm-hmm. and they dispatch her in like a minute. And I'm like, oh yeah, are are you kidding me? I mean, I don't know. And and in, in general, and again, you know, the, these matches are it's it's pro wrestling. It's it's not uh, true sports competition, but. Uh, it drives me nuts with the psychology of these matches. Why on earth would anyone go up to the top rope when the entire way you can get eliminated is to go over the top?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's just yeah like, that is pretty. Wouldn't you
0: think most people would just keep to the ground and not try to do all the crazy flippy stuff?
1: Well, um, so, and there you go, know. thinking logically again. So where would you have this one rated? <sighs>
0: I have it at two and a half. It was average. It, I, I, I averaged it just because uh, I thought the – End was good. I thought they tried to do some interesting things with a few people, but uh, it, it, it just didn't really go above average for me. Or, or And it wasn't below. I mean, I, I thought it was, like you said, it was a great showcase of the women's roster. I thought they did a nice job of, of trying to showcase some of the women, but just not in a cohesive storytelling way.
1: Yeah. I I, I felt it was average, but there was enough moments in there that I was able to, to bump it to three stars. Uh, Holy I,
0: mackerel. You went above me.
1: Yeah, I know. I mean, I uh, between Naomi, um, I mean, just Charlotte Flair. Like, I I got to admit, the more I more of these I watch, I'm totally in the bag for Charlotte Flair. Although she needs to work on her woos. The the woo was very flat in the in the post match interviews. Like the slap was not. <laughs> uh, like seriously, like put a little something into it. Like get me give me the bug eyes. Like there's plenty of tape of your dad doing it. You oh, can. God. Go and research it. Like give it a little something. I mean, I know it's I know it was a long match, but you just rested for like fifteen minutes out in the ring. But those yeah. those
0: chops that she lays down, boy, she oh. she she, she oh, lays them heart. down like the old man used to, so
1: Oh that's why I say I think she could've whipped his ass. Uh huh. Like oh, I'm yeah. not talking about Rick now. I'm talking about Rick back in his like thirties. <laughs> like I'm pretty sure she could take him. Like if you had a time machine, I would watch that match. Oh, That'd be a, oh gosh. my flair versus Flair? Come oh. on. Um, yeah. Anyways, yes, yeah, three stars on that one for me. So that takes us to match number three, because uh, you know we got to have another letdown. Oh, uh, it's, it was a whole half hour of like, hey, this is actually pretty interesting. Let's bring that down. Let's let's bring that feeling down. Yep. Uh, and we have match number three, which is Lacey Evans versus Bailey for the SmackDown Women's Championship. <sighs>
0: I, I I'll be honest with you. I'm don't I don't really have a lot to say about this one. I all I know is when it when I saw Bailey enter, with the mopey look and stuff, I'm just like, what on earth are you trying to do as a heel champion when you look like that? I'm like, what a great way to make me be completely non enthused about this match.
1: <laughs> I thought you know I I thought about this quite a bit because just her facial expressions were were vexing to me, and I don't use the word vexing lightly because mostly. It just makes you sound like a pretentious jerk. But uh, the, her uh, that's her intense look. The problem is her intense look, and I'm using air quotes right now, is basically the same as boredom or constipation for most people. <laughs> and I'm kind of joking, but I'm kind of not. I know, like, I know. That's just what it looks like. Yeah. But that's her trying to be tough. And it's like, no, 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 that, uh mm you need to go and look in a mirror and check this and then have a few other people give you some feedback yeah. like people people who you trust might be a good idea and I, the weird thing for me was so there was there's was a couple things here that just were, were tough for me like at the beginning where it was like all of a sudden now injuries in a wrestling match mean we're going to bring things to a screeching halt right like when did this ha- when did this start happening yeah, yeah. <laughs> when w- when did this become a thing yeah I thought that was weird although it was kind of like okay well it was a like a luring sort of playing possum sort of thing. Okay, fine. It was a very slow-paced match, but quite honestly, it was bu- it was almost like light speed compared to Reigns and Corbin. So I was like, all right. Based on that, eh.
0: yeah, I just never really felt like it hit a gear. You know, like like, yeah. like matches hit a gear or, or two in terms of flow and action, and and this one just didn't take off. It mm-hmm. didn't go anywhere. Like, and, and again, some of it goes to Bailey. I mean, her original gimmick is this kind of excuse me, happy-go-lucky kind of underdog, it's like, what are you now? You know, you're, yeah. you're, you're not a ring technician. You're, you're not, you know, I look at a guy like Samoa Joe who, you know, when he was a heel, he, he's a face now, but when he was a heel, you, you understood why people feared the man. I mean, he's he's a mm-hmm. submission expert. He, you know, he, he knows how to lay out pain. He knows how to go after a body part and, and, dis, and, you know, dissect his opponent as a strategist. And you look at Bayley, it's like, what are you bringing to the table? You know yeah. I mean? Yes, you're, you're upset now. That that's great. It's not something that sells me on you as as a champion or as, or as a wrestler. It's just it's very no. anticlimactic, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, and that's a that's another thing. Like this again goes back to the whole I don't buy you actually being able to hang with your competitor. Lacey Evans, I mean former Marine, you know, a a a, a much more sizable competitor to Bailey. Like taller, got the reach. You know, all of it. And I'm supposed to believe that Bailey's beating her up. Really? Right. I mean, it would be one thing if she like she was a, a cowardly heel or something like that. I, I Maybe I could get it then. But I I don't buy it. I don't buy it. Yeah. Straight up fight. I'm like, Lacey Evans is going to rip her apart.
0: Right. Or, or if she has and, a crew like Seth Rollins that comes down and kind of manufactures wins for her, you know, it's like, yeah. OK, I, I can understand now why I'm supposed to hate her and why whatever. But yeah, there's just nothing
1: or if you or if you kind of at least build her into something like um like almost like Taz back in the day like just like uh, she's smaller but yet she can pull out these uh, these moves that use the uh, use the opponent's uh you know strength and size against them like right. through leverage or something or, or she's a submission expert or something i don't get anything her, like yeah. I just don't buy it, and and again, it doesn't have to exist in reality. It just has to exist in the reality of wrestling, right? And it doesn't even work there. Yeah, yeah you know. And and the other part too was I felt Lacey was real lackluster. There was a lot of times where I'm like, I think she just blew that spot. Pretty sure, pretty sure that was on her, and then that one, and then that one. Yeah. Like,
0: so the background with her is, she, I mean, and this is what. So once I say this, you'll kind of understand. So when mm-hmm. she debuted. Sometime I think it was spring of 2019. You know, she debuted as a heel doing this, you know, Southern debutante thing. Yeah. Just didn't, you know, and again, I'm sitting here thinking, who are you marketing this toward? Because I don't understand how you're engaging any fans in this. Like, who, who really cares at this point?
1: Well, it's a big gone with the wind act, uh, you know, audience. Well,
0: you know, I know the oldies are making a comeback, but my goodness,
1: that designing women—they're hoping for that. They're trying to (laughs) pull those two together.
0: So then. I see her come down and she's doing the the flex like you know the the 1940s war poster and she's doing the salute and everything and I'm like yeah okay I understand drawing from her background okay yeah. that makes sense but why are you sending her down as a southern debutante still you know it's like send yeah. her down as something else you know or, it, or 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 give it give it some meat you know I mean it's yeah. just like it feels like they just repackaged her
1: well it's like when it's it's almost uh, I wish I could get an example there's but, but there's been some of those some of those characters that have gone through changes, but yet there's still these, it's almost like uh, there's like, uh, the, with like, uh, what is it, dolphins or whales, where they, they look in the fin and they can still see like the fingers where, you know, before they, they became full, they, when they were amphibians or something like that, like, oh, there's these vestigial parts of them that from former lives, you yeah. know, evolution, evolutionary phases. like, that happens with wrestlers and sometimes they still carry these weird things with them where you're like, where did that come from? Oh, that was 4 characters ago, but somehow it never quite left, you know? Right. And it's weird. It's it, she is just a weird thing right now. Like it's she is definitely she might not be in the cocoon, but the wings have not quite <laughs> spread. Right. As with but with Bailey, I'm just not sure if she's even gone into the cocoon yet. I mean, it's it's weird. Right. It's just weird. Well, um, and
0: and the other part is, you know, she is fairly um you know, she came up through NXT, but I mean, she's still fairly green in a way. And so, as you mentioned, you know, missed spots and whatnot. Like, I don't think she's seasoned enough yet for for that. But, but, yeah, she's getting a reaction, I guess, of some kind. So, I, I think that's why, you know, she's getting put into these. You know, I mean, it wasn't a high profile match. It was it was middle of the card, but it was a championship match nonetheless. Um, yeah, it's just. You know, again, i, I mean, I, I could identify more with Lacey Evans than I could with Bailey. You know, in terms yeah. of the character, it's just how 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 they generate the story just felt very kind of weird.
1: Well, and I mean, and I can get where where the appeal with Lacey Evans comes from is in a in a wrestling sense because there were, I mean, for the blown spots, there were also a couple of moments where I'm like, whoa, that was cool. Like the the time when she came off the top rope, swung outside the ring, and then kicked Bailey between the like this the first and the second rope yeah i saw that and i was like okay that's pretty cool i I don't know how many times i've seen that before but it ain't many right right and and that coming from a you know a a, a taller competitor i imagine that's tough that's that's an easier move to pull off if you're kind of a, a more like bailey's like height right i would imagine but I, I was like well that was really cool and then of course then it was like three spots where i'm like oh Never mind. <laughs> and then, of course, I mean, you get kind of the roll-up with Bailey grabbing the tights. And, and my comment after that was like, okay, yeah, she gets the win. Does anyone really care? I don't. Right, right. And, and I, I rated it one star. It was a very disjointed match. Yeah. And I'm, I'm actually kind of surprised we spent 10 minutes talking about it.
0: I, I gave it one. Uh, I, I went 1.75 on it.
1: Ooh, you were generous.
0: I was. I, I could be talked down to a 1.5.
1: Well, let's, what can I do to talk you down? What, what's it going to take to get you into this one-and-a-half star today? <laughs>
0: you know what? For, forget it. I'm going to invoke you, and I'm, I'm just going to drop it down to one star just to be even with the man.
1: Damn! Oh, you are cold, cold, cold. Well, you know what? In that case, I'm dropping mine to three-quarters of a star.
0: I'm not following you that far. For the constipation. <laughs> um,
1: so this brings us to match number uh, four of the evening. Yes. Yes. Uh, and this was Daniel Bryan versus the Fiend in a strap match for the Universal Title. Yes, and I will go right out now and I'll spoil the whole damn thing. This was my favorite match of the night. Oh, nice! I, nice. I was not expecting it because I can't stand Daniel Bryan. I, 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 I not like Roman Reigns dislike. I'm just like I don't care about this guy.
0: Oh, yeah. You're probably suffering from. Uh You know, not having the context or history of of how he came up through, you know, and stuff like a lot of the yes stuff that he does and all that probably is is not resonating with you. Um, But um, first of all, uh, conducted not under red lights.
1: Oh, thank God.
0: Yeah, You know, it was it was actually and I actually feel like The Fiend is a much more creative or not creative, creepier character without it.
1: Yes. You know what I mean? Like I like yes. not having
0: that red hue drown everything out actually kind of makes him look a lot more menacing than what you're typically used to when they did that crazy you know red lighting for the match and stuff. So yeah. I I was happy to see they didn't do that.
1: Although I will I will say the one thing that I did not I was not a fan of is the custom belt. I thought it was much creepier when it was just the regular belt. Yeah. And it's and it and it's just like this dude just crazy. Yeah. And all of a sudden they have the belt like the belt with his face kind of legitimizes yeah the character a little bit more where it was just like this character really i mean he's wearing it around his neck he doesn't care about the belt right like the belt is just a means to an end and now that yeah. it's like it's his belt to me that's like all right now it's to me it's it's it goes against what i know of the character but anyway go, uh, go i didn't mean to interrupt no you, no but. no
0: that, that's okay no yeah I, i'm not thrilled with the way the belt looks either um i you know again i think it's one of those things that they, they get a character like this that gets hot and they just go like they, they lose their minds, you, you know. Oh, I, yeah, by they, I mean creative. It's just like they lose their minds. It's like, let's well, do it's, this. It's Mel Brooks
1: and Mel Brooks in, in Spaceballs merchandising, <laughs>
0: exactly. The <laughs> well, well, Fiend, the flamethrower. Well, and, and the one kids thing, are gonna love it. What one, one thing I was curious about was how I, I, I was interested to hear your reaction to it, given that we reviewed this match for Survivor Series and so. Um, I thought this match was much more uh, was much better than the Survivor Series match. I felt it was way more brutal. Um, yeah. You know the the the. I mean, not just for for the Fiend, but for Daniel Bryan as well. I mean, they they both were just beating the tar out of each other, just having a really yeah. good match. Um, yeah. Really good use of this. I mean, you know, strap matches sometimes are one of those things that just don't go very well. You, mm-hmm. you know, it just doesn't become very interesting. Um, yep. But th- in this match, they they use it very effectively. Um, you know, uh, b- between the fiend just, uh, j- just you know, beating Daniel Bryan and putting welts on his back, to then Bryan using the strap to pull him into the ring post when they were outside oh, was incredible.
1: Such a. Such a great spot, wasn't that Such awesome? Such a great spot, and and just to do it repeatedly. Oh yeah, was oh yeah. Because once would have been cool, but then the fact he he kept on doing it is like yes, because that's logical. Like it worked once. Now you got him days. Keep doing it. Yeah, like that's a total video game maneuver. Like oh, it worked. Keep doing it. Keep
0: doing it. Exactly. Keep mashing the buttons. Exactly, exactly. So I mean, I uh, you know, it's funny is I, I don't have a lot of notes for this match because it, it, I was just very enthralled with the action. You know, and, and yeah, and. and there's really not much more description you can give other than it was just a very brutal match. They, they did go back to that kind of storytelling device where, you know, Daniel threw everything he had at him and the fiend is just standing there staring him down. Yeah. Uh, And, and I thought the ending was kind of cool. You you know, Brian's trying to go back to being brutal again and the fiend just puts him down. I mean, he just puts him down. Yeah. And, and I thought that was kind of an effective way to keep his, um, mystique kind of going. Um, while and, and and I love the the end effect of the the refs trying to carry Brian out and him trying to walk out on his own where you, you know just kind of showing the brutality you know that 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 just went on there and just how how uh how messed up he is after the match.
1: Yeah, I mean I got a couple nits to pick with this one, although nothing that in retrospect balances out what I felt was a really good match. The the weird thing for me was and I wrote it down. I was like, "This is my now my second pay per view watching Brian getting the crap kicked out of him by the Fiend." <laughs> and it's, I feel like it was getting a little too S and M for my taste. Like I'm just watching someone just take a beating. There's, there's for a, for a while there, I'm like, I don't even know if there's anything happening. Just him getting his butt kicked. Yeah. But as the as the match evolved, and again, this is the this is how the storytelling works. Like I felt uncomfortable then. Even though I don't like Brian, I don't care about him, I could care less but I found myself rooting for him yeah and 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 because he's going up in this what is an impossible task yeah and I was like man, that's good when you take a character I don't really care about or you know kind of on the on the good side or that I really don't like on the bad side but yet I'm still rooting for him even though I think the fiend is a better character you've pulled me in right you're making me do and sheer and, and boo where you want me to. Which damn that's good for someone who's trying to who's even looking at it from a story point. Well like you you, you got me. You yeah. got me.
0: Well and, and another great spot that, you know, like you said, when when he was rallying and stuff like that, when when he took the strap and just kind of wrapped it around the fiend's mouth in that yes. submission hold and was just like yanking. I mean that was such a great visual. Yeah. And and, and, well, and it was it was one of those few moments in the match where Brian looked as vicious as the fiend did. You know what I mean? Like, it, it just, it turned into this just, like, like yeah. he, he's going down to that level with him.
1: Yeah. The funny thing was, though, that I, the Fiend is such a weird character because he does, he manages to sell the, 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 being invulnerable. Like, he manages to sell that whole, like, doesn't feel the pain, but yet there's times when the moves do affect him. Yeah. And there was actually one moment when I almost thought he was going to tap when, when Brian had him in a submission. I'm like, Oh my gosh, he's, the fiend is going to tap.
0: He's going to tap.
1: And, but he didn't. And then all of a sudden snapped out of it. And it's like this weird thing. Like you, I just, I buy him being invulnerable and yet also being able to, to absorb the punishment and in affecting him, which is such a balancing act. Right. Right. And it's done so brilliantly. Like Bray Wyatt, dude, you are you're right. You were completely right in all of the praise that you've had for this guy. This guy is absolutely insanely brilliant yeah. at what he is doing. I've I, and I, I mean I don't have the breadth of wrestling knowledge and experience you do, but oh my gosh, I can't be more impressed. By someone than I am with this guy.
0: Well, and and uh, you know, I don't know how much of it is is all of him versus the creative, but from what I've read, I get the sense that he has a fair amount of input into what is going on with that character. Yeah.
1: Well, I don't mean I don't even mean just in the creative. I mean in his in the actual in ring performance. Oh, like
0: acting as him. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. He he he, puts on he puts on such a show, and even the one the acting
1: the the acting through the actual athleticism and the moves and all of it, like just. He is, it's so seamless. Yes, yeah. How he is, just the way that it all flows together to become this performance that is, I I don't know how to, I don't know if I've seen anything exactly like this before. No. You know what I mean? No, you
0: haven't. I mean, you've seen elements of it in The Undertaker and in Jake the Snake, but you've never seen, I mean, it it goes to the body language. I mean, like like I love when he's in the ring, I mean, he and he's wrestling and he's, uh, you know, putting the boots to the opponent and whatnot, you know, he, he does these head cocks where you, you just yeah. kind of, you f- can feel the insanity of the character. Um, mm-hmm. There was one point in the match where he, he was, I, I forget what exactly happened. He was upset at himself about something and he just starts punching yes. himself in the head. I mean, he's just like, yeah. he, he just conveys the, the temperament, the insanity, the unbalanced aspect of, of what this character is supposed to be. And, and, you know the one thing that turned me turned me on to it a lot and, and what I really enjoy about the character is just that it's it, it makes so much sense I'm surprised no one did this before it's like take all of the trash that makes like like all of your, your badness and, and your evilness and, and all the stuff that you don't want to you know let people see and just channel it into a character you know what I mean like like put this mask on and be this, this vicious person that you can't normally be in real life you know what I mean mm-hmm. and I, I think that's kind of an interesting, and it's a very interesting character, and it, and it kind of plays in that, in that mold of The Undertaker. It plays in that mold of Jake the Snake where he's very psychological. He's very, I mean, every opponent The Fiend has gone against, the, the opponent that he has beaten has made a turn of some kind and changed afterwards. Okay. Yeah. Seth Rollins fought him. Seth Rollins went from being this face. He's a heel now. Daniel Bryan was a heel when he faced him. And now he's turned back into Daniel Bryan with, of the Yes Movement. I mean, like mm-hmm. it's so neat that they do these little nuances where guys he's facing go through transformations once they're th- once they face the fiend because of the character. And I'm, yeah. And, and I wish they could take that and apply it to a lot of their characters because it makes him multidimensional now.
1: Well, the, I think it goes back to the thing that Mick Foley had talked about in in uh, in his first book where he's he's talking about. I think it's, it was when he was talking about his uh, his angle with Sting. Yeah and he was like, you know, we'll do this, we'll do this, we'll do this. And and Sting was like, "Whoa, I thought you were here to put me over." And he's like, "Yeah, I can put you over, but I can get over at the same time." Right. Right. And I think I think the Fiend is a character that can do that. The Fiend can get over and can also be this catalyst for other characters because yep. it is is such a strong thing. And I think I think other other wrestlers have done that. They've channeled some of that like the the negative aspect of themselves, the dark side of themselves, but just the way that he, it all fits together, and it's not a crazy thing. It's not like the drooling, like the <laughs> sort of crazy, like biting the the ring, you know, turnbuckle and all that, or anything. It's it's derangement. Yeah, you yeah. know, it's this weird sort of thing where it's like there's such a mixture of different things, and 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 he comes at it from different angles all the time. Yeah, you know, and it, and it just turns on a dime. I think that's what oh man it's 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 creepy and yet it's fascinating to watch yeah oh yeah you know one thing out of this that I took and it finally hit me in this match I was like it's got to go the announcer table spots have got to go oh they like too got too, to go too frequent every match yeah yeah in this in this pay-per-view I'm pretty sure had at least one announcer table spot right It's so lame now. It's so lame. It's almost as lame as when they used to have the the announcer table gimmicked so that it would collapse if, like, you know, Lawler cut a good-sized fart next to it. (laughs) They don't mean anything. Right, right. Like, there's nothing. It's like, stop, do it. Don't do it for, like, a year. Yeah. Just none. Don't, you know, I don't, it's just, it's lame. It's lame at this point. And it wasn't even used very well, I felt, here. It's the same shtick every single time. Yeah. Like, wait until it actually means something.
0: Yeah, you go to the well one too many times, it just doesn't have the same meaning yeah. and effect. Um, yeah.
1: And I have to disagree a little bit on the on the ending. I felt it was a little weak. Really? Like I, f- I felt that the ending, it wasn't as big as some of the other spots in the match. And, and just the idea of like, oh, he's got him in the mandible claw. Well, he already had him in the mandible claw once or yeah. maybe twice before that. And it was just that one, you know, and Brian's fighting back, and it's just that one slam. It's not even like a full slam, like he gave him a, you know, a choke slam or anything like that. He just kind of slammed him down with a mandible claw and pinned him that way. Like, all of a sudden now, he can't even roll one shoulder up. Right. I felt that was a little weak. I felt like... There was a couple of points before that. If Had you ended the match, it would have been more devastating and more of a finish than that. Yeah. I kind of get, I kinda get where, what you're saying, and I kind of get what they were going for. I don't know. It just kind of left me going, uh-huh. Oh, I think it's okay, a, that's I, it? I,
0: I think it's a contrast that, I, I mean, for me, I think it only works with that character, The Fiend, where yeah. where, where you have Brian lay into him two or three times with the strap, and he just goes right to the claw, drops him. And it, it it's just that it it's that kind of I guess and maybe I was reading into it too much, but it's that idea that he just sucks the hope out of Brian. You know, the, yeah. like there's just there's no more he can throw at him. And yeah. so he tries to go brutal again. And it's just like, no, you're done. And he just puts I mean, that's the way I read it. But I, I, I can see what you mean, because it does feel kind of disjoint the way they, they ended it. In that
1: and you know, you know what might have you know, what might have helped with that a better announcer. <laughs> and 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 I'm not trying to be. I'm I'm only I'm only like like okay like seventy percent being a wise ass. But I'm actually being serious about this. Like like you picture like Jr. in there. I think he could have gotten that point across. Oh yeah. You put in oh, yeah. a better announcer than I don't even know who was announcing this match. It was probably Cole and somebody else. Uh, but you you put someone in there that can sell that. Right. Always oh, just suck the hope right out of them or something like that. That's all I needed. Cause I, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, I just felt yeah. like I needed that extra nudge or something. Right, right. You know, um, no, I hear you. I hear you. So, uh, so what'd you rate this one?
0: Uh, I went three and a half on this. I thought this was uh, w- was very good. Um, it didn't quite hit the four star range for me, but but it it was very very good. Um, you know, I feel kind of overall with the event. You know, this is where the event started to like an inflection point where it starts to get better. Um, And so this this was the first match kind of driving in that direction.
1: So I I enjoyed it. Very, very well done. Uh, I had this one initially. I had this like I want to say three and three quarter stars to go on the old star search. uh, Very nice terminology. Uh, However. In retrospect, I mean, by far for me, this is the this is the match of the night was the match of the night. I gave it four point five.
0: Wow, very nice. I, very optimistic it, of you.
1: well I was this is the one match where I was absolutely 100% involved and entertained.
0: yeah yeah
1: I mean there was no doubt about it. Uh, like every other match, if I didn't want to, pause, if it had been a live pay-per-view i I could have gone and, and and had a pee and and felt pretty good about it and and not missed a whole lot. Right. This one uh-uh, I'm holding it. This might be a 30 minute match, but you know what I'll cross my legs and i'll I'll make do. Yeah, you know, oh. I I gotta see all of this. Yeah, um, so that's kind of the thing that I used in this because uh, it really was. This was to me. This was tops.
0: Oh, nice, nice.
1: Which uh, then brings us to match number five of the night. Um, and I'm, uh, Asuka. Right? Yes,
0: Asuka. Even though there's a U in there, it's Asuka. Oh, it, it
1: and and the thing is, it messes me up every single time. I want to say I mean, Asuka. I. <laughs> I only heard it 150 times last night. I we know. talked about it, and you said it like at least half dozen times before we started recording, and I still yeah. have managed to almost mess it up. So Asuka versus Becky Lynch yes. for the Raw Women's Championship.
0: So, st- <sighs> storyline behind this one. Becky yeah. had not beaten her.
1: Yes, uh, I, I did get all that from the, okay. from the package leading up.
0: Okay, So, so this was a... This was her as champion basically saying, look, if I don't beat you, I don't deserve to be champ. And, and the, the, the build leading up to it was really interesting because it was something that needed to change for her character. Mm-hmm. Uh, to, to have that kind of vulnerability, to have that kind of expression of, you know, you've bested me. And it, it, in some ways it's similar to, to, I don't know if you remember when we did Survivor Series, I, I mentioned... With the fiend, how as a champion he's going after challengers as opposed to the other way around, and I felt in yeah. this case it was Lynch going after Asuka rather than Asuka pursuing her. Yeah, and and so um, so with, with the match itself, I um, I thought they had some some really good you know psychology in it with with the shoulder you know both of them working on each other's shoulders. Um, you know, mm-hmm. Asuka is a submission machine herself. Um, she's if you ever get to watch any of her matches when she was NXT champion, um, she was incredible. Um, and, and it's, and I felt like a lot of that was on display last night. I think she and Lynch had a really good match. Um, you know the story of her trying to get that disarmor on her, and and Oscar mm-hmm. working her way out of it, and then it just leading to that. I I absolutely love the ending with with the kick and, and her going oh, backwards man. with the with the great muda mist was awesome.
1: Such a great visual, <laughs> and the, and this and even they like the just the sound of the kick. Yes, was really good. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, that 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 had to have that had to have stung. Oh, a little bit. just a little
0: bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> um but but yeah, so, I, Asuka normally you get a really good match out of her um and, and I feel like Becky Lynch as well. So so the two of them together I think um what was a much much better woman's match uh than what we saw at Survivor Series and so I I, I enjoyed it. I, I thought it was really well done.
1: Now, I have to ask you this question because I I was thinking about this a lot as a cuz I uh I watched this and we'll get into this post pay-per-view, because I forgot to get into this before, uh, but my uh, my WWE app froze up several times <laughs> in the evening, and so I, had, I ended up watching this in like three different segments, so I kind of, I watched a few, I watched a couple parts double yeah. in trying to catch the whole match between last night and today. I don't know, and this is also because I don't have a, a lot of experience and a lot of time watching uh, Becky Lynch. How would you describe her style? Because I don't really see her as a brawler, but she doesn't really strike me as like this technical wrestler. Granted, I have a small sample size. So how would you describe her style?
0: Um, I would say she is a mix of striker and submission without being dominant in any one of them. You know, her, mm-hmm. her, her finisher is a, is a submission hold. I don't think she's terribly strong in the striking department um you know she has a few suplexes i think they called one the the bexploder or something like that yeah yeah um, that uh, you know so i i think she's kind of more in the vein of of a tra- you know kind of a traditional submission wrestler sort of character from from a mm-hmm. style perspective even though i said she was a bit of a striker i seem to remember she had some pretty good kicks and punches going on but um but yeah i think that's that's mainly her style is is that that level of wrestling she she's definitely not a brawler
1: yeah, which I thought the, there was a couple moments in here when I was like, oh, that was really cool. And then there was another one like, oh, that could have been really cool had it been worked out or maybe it was just, I mean, again, you're doing this stuff live in front of almost 50,000 people plus however many millions on, you know, and the millions uh, on on and TV. And millions. Uh, you know, like, so for instance, when she dropped Asuka off the apron. Yeah. And that's equal parts because I mean, Asuka took a hell of a bump there. Oh, like, the, landing I, I, so flat. I, I was like,
0: have a note that oh. that front that front suplex was nasty.
1: I mean, she took that so clean. Like, yeah. damn. Yeah. No, no hands down. No, like Mick Foley somewhere was like, yes. <laughs> like, like I can almost see him like pulling like a has a bathrobe where he pulls the top over like emperor style. Like, yes, <laughs> my. That is how you do it. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, but uh, but that was awesome. And a and again, that's like fifty fifty. Like that was both of them right. working on that. But then there was a moment when she she did like this thing, and uh, she had ask up on the uh, ask up on the second rope. She got up there, and it was like a second rope rock bottom. Yes. Do you know the moment? But it took her a second to really get locked in. Yeah. And it was a there was a lack of fluidity, and it was a it was a nice spot at the end of the day but i'm like man she just uh, she doesn't have that fluidity in her style to do stuff exactly like that like that almost seems like it's something that 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 Asuka was like hey let's do this yeah (laughs) she could kind of do it if she was on the other side of it sure And was like I'll show you and I'll help you yeah kind of thing
0: yeah no that that's definitely not you know she's not really known for being a high flyer so I think that's not in her wheelhouse um yeah she's definitely more did she do
1: did she do like a leg drop from the top rope isn't that like her one like her big kind of like that's her
0: uh one thing might I, I thought there was you know, I don't watch enough to to know for certain, but
1: well, I thought she did it in that match. I thought it was after that rock bottom, but I'm I'm I could have been mixing in something else.
0: Oh, like she rock bottomed her and then she did the leg drop. Um, yeah, I thought so. Yeah, but, maybe... but but I don't think it's like what, like in one of her five moves of doom sort of thing. You know. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. You know, I th- I, I think it's kind of hit or miss. Um,
1: okay. And, I, I, mean, I definitely I... feel
0: like the pacing was better than what we saw. Like with her and Baszler and Bailey in Survivor Series, you know what I mean. Well,
1: yeah, and I think that's a combination of Basler. I mean, uh, of of Bailey, just because I don't think she fits in well. That w- that was not a good. Yeah. Yeah. That was not a good, you know, combo. Like it, it's like one of these things is not like the other. Yes. And and Bailey was definitely not like the others, uh, which can be a good thing i don't think it was there because i don't think she brought a whole lot to the table she probably swiped a couple dinner rolls off of the table as a matter of fact <laughs> oh, um oh. but the uh and i meant that in a metaphorical sense I i'm know. not trying to make any kind of like you know joke there uh regarding weight or anything because let's be honest uh neither one of us ought to be making jokes about <laughs> <laughs> about don't anybody
0: far be it for me
1: Need to get my booty to the gym before I can do that like for several months, but uh just in terms of like she was a negative, you know the other two are positive and and she was t- kind of taking things away and I think that and and then there's just the the, the herky jerkiness of the triple threat that yeah. you, you just you can't get around that no matter how good those three wrestlers are it's always going to be a little weird because wrestling is kind of a one-on-one sort of thing right right throwing a third person in it's like eh? okay but anyway I, I, th- I think that the uh, you know it was definitely better paced it was definitely a better kind of matchup and all that and, and you could tell because they had Lawler on there and man he was actually doing like real commentary
0: Yeah, it was
1: it was it was bizarre. It was like it was like you know, Bizarro Lawler showed up for some reason. I'm like, dude, he's not being a horny teenager. Like, what's going on? He's actually talking about the match.
0: I, I, I still don't know why they bring him in. He he just irritates me at this stage. Well,
1: I I mean, in that match, he was actually good. Like, I actually felt that like when he was talking about, um, oh my gosh, uh, what's the tag team? Uh, with Kairi Sane and and Asuka,
0: oh, uh, Kabuki Warriors, Kabuki Warriors, yeah.
1: Okay, and when he was talking about how he's like, I was in a, I was in a ring with him for a contract signing, and and it's just there, it's just they're they they're always doing these things, and they always have an edge and all this. Like I was like, hey, this is actually cool. I'm yeah. kind of getting like the like the uh, uh, you know inside the lines sort of thing with when like why I actually like listening to sports talk radio when you have former athletes and they start doing like. Breaking it down for you, like, this is what I want. I want to hear from the person who's done this. And he was actually doing that, which I was like, this is phenomenal. It's got to be good because Lawler is not commenting on like boobs and butts. It's amazing. He's actually doing commentary. (laughs) Who would have thought? What's happening? Who would have thought? It's like, oh my gosh, you know, it's it's one of the seven signs of the apocalypse. (laughs) It's all over, folks. It's happening tonight, you know? And please let it happen before Roman Reigns comes out again. Anyways, the one thing was. And I thought it was cool. At the end of the match, when they were going through all of those reversals, yeah, which were sloppy as hell, but just the intensity of them was so overwhelming that even though I was like, "You guys are all over the place," it's still really good. Yeah, you know that to me was like, okay, the chemistry here is is overwhelming enough that even when they're missing stuff, it's still good. Yeah, you know that was that was like the difference between like this match and and Bailey and Lacey. Right is there's nothing that's going to overwhelm the stuff that's happening there.
0: <laughs> no, no, I, and, and, and yeah, I mean, those two matches are a contrast. I mean, you, you just see how locked in Asuka and Becky Lynch are in this match, The how good the action is, how they're telling a story in the match, they're working each other over, and, and as they tell the story in the match, they're enhancing the story that led to the match. And, I mean, just all of it just worked on a number of levels, uh, yeah. you know, at least for, 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 for me, so I just felt like, when they worked it up to that ending, where you just had that kick that was just so oh. brutal, and and you you could believe, you know, Oscar's reaction where she f- you know flips back and then the, the mist comes out of her mouth was just awesome, yes. and just falls over, and then Becky just pounces and, and lays the disarmer in. I mean that 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 was fantastic. That was yeah, th- you know that that's the kind of reality you want in these matches to to kind of get the sense of of. Um, you know that that she didn't just like pull a win out of her rear end. Like she legitimately, I don't mean to say legitimately, but but, but you know what I mean, like like the, the, the <laughs>
1: legitimately the, in a wrestling sense.
0: Legitimate in a yes, um, you know that that she laid in a number of maneuvers to lead up to that. That just you know because Asuka is not an easy person to put away. You know she she yeah. is you know her character has long had that 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 background where um, you know she does not tap out easily. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah so so it was really well done I, I enjoyed it
1: would you would you give it for rating
0: I did 3.5 on that
1: well you know what I'll see your 3.5 and I will match it uh, I had 3.5 pretty much entirely for intensity I didn't feel like there was a lot of style points here uh, but I just I thought it was a really enjoyable match there was a lot of intensity I felt like there was a decent story being told and uh, You know all that build up it was nice to see lynch get the win
0: absolutely yeah absolutely
1: which then brings us to the enchilada the coup de grace yes match number six which is the men's royal rumble and uh uh let me tell you uh, Brock coming out first, and and can you fill me in on exactly the the background, the story for this? Yeah, because I was unaware of some of this again because my app was goofing up, so I probably missed like the eighteen packages they had before this to explain everything for okay. people like me. So if you could fill in the blanks, yeah. That'd be so
0: awesome. so the, what what was atypical was him being WWE champion. Typically, the champions defend their their titles. They don't actually participate in the Royal Rumble, and. A month out, um, a month ago, you know, Paul Heyman and Brock come out and he declares himself for the Royal Rumble and he declares that he wants to be number one. So they're telling a story of he's at a point where, um, like they never use the term that he's bored, but that Mm -hmm. he's being this arrogant champion in the sense that he doesn't feel challenged enough. And so he's going to enter himself in to prove how good he is to everyone and then he'll win the Royal Rumble. And then he just won't go to WrestleMania and do anything because there's no one to challenge him. Yeah. And so it it was really meant to be a showcase of how brutal and, and just how good he is uh, in in a match of this kind where he starts out and just starts eliminating people like crazy. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So you kind of expected some of the action you were seeing. Um, And, and so I, and and I really enjoyed the, what they were trying to do with it because uh, you know, you and I were texting live on this uh, as we were watching it and, I told you one of two things is gonna happen. They're either gonna to have him to run run the gambit and and do this first time ever sort of thing where it's like, well what does he do after this? Or they're trying to get enough momentum going that time, and we saw this, anytime time uh, one or more wrestlers started to get the upper hand on him, the crowd started to go nuts. Mm-hmm. You know, like they were they, they, they got the crowd really kind of locked in on can anyone do anything to this guy and once they do we're getting behind them because we want to see him eliminated and so i thought they did a really nice job kind of building that up but but that, that was the story going into it is this was brock challenging himself uh you know because he felt like he he doesn't really have a challenge right now
1: yeah so i i agree with and this pains me to say it and i actually question my own sanity i agree with michael cole in that this was the the tale of two rumbles you essentially had the first half of the Rumble, which was all Brock Lesnar, and then you had the second half, which was after uh, McIntyre had eliminated Lesnar, and just McIntyre, to me, kind of hanging on for the win Yeah, uh, because there was a long period in there again where he kind of disappeared. Yeah. Uh, and then it just, you know, to me— you know that was given as like, oh, this is the story of the match, and this is that. And uh, to me, that was the problem with the match: is that it was a tale of two rumbles. Right. And I feel that that was that was the essential problem with the match, and I I didn't like it. And I think they missed. I mi- I think they missed a couple of different opportunities that would have been better, because they, to me, sending Lesnar out uh, with McIntyre eliminating him to me was dumb. Where they did it. I mean, if you want McIntyre to win over Lesnar, here's here is my solution of how you could have done this. And I'll put on my dream Booker hat and I'll be the you know, I'll be the annoying sports talk radio caller who calls in and, and you know, is never going to get hired by an NFL team. But I can fix all the problems. But so here's here's my alternative. Have Lesnar run the gamut.
0: Uh uh-huh.
1: Have him run the gamut and even maybe even get into trouble in the middle and you know have it take a while and maybe even have him disappear for a while and come back and all that. Have McIntyre come in at 29 or 30 and then have him eliminate Lesnar. So you have this huge buildup of all this stuff happening with Lesnar and then McIntyre eliminates him and then you know what? It can be, yeah, you eliminated me after I had just beaten all these other guys. You come in at the end. No, you have to beat me for real, uh-huh. and then you can have these two guys trading off until WrestleMania with that sort of thing. Like you, you, you never beat me when it was one on one, and it's and it's just us, mm-hmm. you know. And and you keep them separated, and you do all that, and, and then at WrestleMania, that's your main event because I'm guessing that's where they're going anyways, right?
0: Oh yeah, I mean, I I already checked on Raw. McIntyre already challenged him, so we're yeah. we're we're locked in for WrestleMania now.
1: So to me, that's much more interesting, because if you're going to commit to this, because think of this, think about this for a minute. At one point, what? at one point when they had the, it was a three, three on one, it was uh, Rey Mysterio, Kofi, and uh, whatever his name is there, E. Big E. Uh, Big E. And all three of those guys are what? They're former champions, right? Yeah. All three of them. And and they and Lesnar jobs them out in a heartbeat. You have Shinsuke does a job with like after like two shots on Lesnar. You 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 I mean, you've jobbed out how many of your so-called top guys like not maybe not like the top tier. Definitely top two. Like these are all former champions. These are all guys who who have drawn money. You're jobbing them out in like like Goldberg fast for what? for a guy who gets eliminated halfway through like damn it at least make it mean something at least have it be part of the bigger story of him getting there and instead we get like edge getting a push like what the hell is up with that like i hey i like edge i like edge but how many years has it been since he's been in a ring and the dude could barely get his trench coat off when he had his entrance (laughs) like they had to cut away from him so he can like they 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 can have some stage hands come out and pull the thing off the poor guy i'm like okay i get it and it was nice but what are you giving this guy a push for? What's he in the rumble for a half hour for? Yeah. I, is he is he going to come back now and he's going to be is he going to be in like the main event somewhere? I mean, I, I don't think so. All of a sudden you're giving him a huge push when it's like, no, that's you jobbed out like five or six top guys for Lesnar. You fed him to Lesnar so that he could be this huge monster and then he's gone. I I, I just felt like that was that was so cheap and I felt like as soon as Lesnar was out like, yeah, you're right. There, there's a big cheer and then after that like, the, all the air was sucked out after that big pop. They blew it for a one big pop in the middle of the match, and after that, it took forever for anyone to really feel. It felt like just there was no energy after that for a long time. So, I understand, but
0: I I, I kind of look at it differently um, because what you might be missing with McIntyre is the background. So, so he... He was in WWE from 09 to 2014, so about five years.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He was supposed to be um, a big deal when he came in. He didn't quite pan out. He le- he gets released. I mean, he was, part of, he, he was basically part of a jobber crew for, for the mm-hmm. last two years of his, his career. He was part of this, this group called 3MB, and they just always got their tails kicked, and you know, he was nothing. And he goes on the independence, and not only does he physically build himself up, rebuild himself, but he but he rebuilds himself as a wrestler. And he and he 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 gets the attention of WWE. They they bring him in to have someone like him. And what what really stood out to me was when he got in the ring and stood up with with Lesnar. We aren't talking about AJ Styles, who's like you know half a foot shorter than than Lesnar. Or, or Rey Mysterio or anything like that. Here's a guy who is the same, if not slightly taller than Brock Lesnar. He is mm-hmm. built like, um, not like a Braun Strowman. Because w- when Lesnar faces guys like Strowman and Big Show, he does not have good matches. You know, mm-hmm. he, he does not have good matches with big guys. But he does have very good matches with athletic guys. And mm-hmm. McIntyre looks very athletic. Mm-hmm. He stands there face to face. Lesnar gets nutshotted and then McIntyre just lays him out with a kick and sending him over the top rope. I viewed it as that's that's a statement right there. And and I and I like the fact that he just stood there and stared at him like, Yeah, you just went through all these people and I just you know, granted there was the nutshot, but you know, I just laid you out in one shot. One shot took you out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that that is the thing that has been lacking for Lesnar for so long is people who can face him where you look at them and say Lesnar is not going to manhandle this guy. Like what I'm waiting for is for them to book a match with him where the story in the match is he's trying to go to his usual playbook of german suplexing the crap out of these guys and he faces a guy who knows exactly how to get out of it every single time and actually puts Lesnar in a position where he's vulnerable and he's and he's fighting to get the advantage for most of the match. That would be a hell of a match if they can book that with the right person. And maybe it's McIntyre that they would do it with because he, he is a technically sound wrestler. You know, he, he's not he's not like the big show where it's all about his strength and his height and everything. Um, so th- that's why when I saw them do that, I was like they, they told a story for half of it. And then they gave McIntyre the torch and said, all right, knock the crap out of this guy. And then what I feel they did with Edge was they brought him in as another anchor, so to speak, superstar because they needed, you know, kind of that that heat to come back. Because I, I agree, you know, McIntyre on his own, they, they need to build him up a bit more. Um, but you have Edge come back. You have the crowd fired up. You have Randy Orton come down. So the two of them kind of remake their tag team. They were at one point. And then eventually you have Reigns and those guys come down. And you have McIntyre, which I don't know if you realize this, but McIntyre coming into the Royal Rumble was a heel. They went and did the exact opposite with McIntyre that they couldn't do with Reigns. They, they got everyone to be behind McIntyre and cheer the fact that he won. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the past years, they tried to do that exact thing with Reigns and everyone revolted against him. And so I thought it was kind of interesting that they used the psychology of what happened with Lesnar, what was going on toward the, the tail end of the Rumble, to kind of get it to a point where people accepted and were actually kind of excited about the result where McIntyre won kind of you know w- without being an obvious choice you know what i mean so so that that's kind of where i, I have a slightly different perspective on it than than you do.
1: Yeah i guess the other the other part of it that kind of pissed me off too is just the just the like some of the more interesting wrestlers like guys who could actually do some stuff you throw those guys out and you feed them to to Lesnar Oh, I agree. And, I, then, I we, and yeah. then we get frickin' Reigns and Corbin coming in in the last half of this <laughs> to hang around. Like, yes, yeah. Seriously, I know. I mean, and the thing is, you had the perfect opportunity. You could have fed Corbin in there number three, and he could have come out playing that he's still hurt from the the big battly head with Reigns. Oh, <laughs> like he got kicked over in the plastic crapper, so he must be wounded. <laughs> i mean just whatever you need to do and feed him to freaking blesner like i want to see kofi come out and 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 actually like do something other than like three moves and get tossed into the third row i want to see shinsuke come out and actually like be a participant in the match and not like 30 seconds worth of work and then he's done yeah like yeah. what the hell is up with this order yeah to me and again that goes back to edge like I, I mean, I I, I I totally understand where you're coming from. Like, they want to have that anchor in there, and they're trying to build up McIntyre. But, dude, if you can't carry yourself in that match, the hell are you doing in it? Yeah. Like, what what the hell are you doing getting that push? Like, there's other ways they could have done this. Bring him in later. <laughs>
0: well, I, I mean... Bring, I mean,
1: Let Lesnar Le, run roughshod over some more guys, yeah. or let him even get into trouble, yeah. or something. Yeah. I mean, holy crap. It didn't have to happen in the middle.
0: I mean, I, I didn't feel like McIntyre didn't hold his own. I just think that there was going to be that lull eventually because you, you had this, this story being told for the first half. And now once Lesnar was out, it kind of reset the board. And so now it kind of progresses forward and you're kind of building back up to what will eventually be the end. Um, yeah. and, and, you know, some of the things that, they're, that I think they were trying to do there was, um, you know, you had Edge and AJ Styles get into it. I think they're, they're working toward a match between those two at WrestleMania, which I think would be excellent.
1: Yeah, but, I mean, how much can you really do with Edge? I mean, I granted maybe he's you know, his back problems are better, but I mean, better enough that you know I, I noticed that as everyone who's working with him was exceedingly careful yeah. working with him. Yeah. How much are you gonna really do?
0: Well, it's a I it's mean, a fair point.
1: I, I I don't know. I don't know
0: what I don't know. what changed where he could I mean, Daniel Bryan retired and you know, he, he was out for a couple of years because he had some pretty severe concussions. And then somehow he got medically cleared, you know, like like yeah. he he, you know, the, the doctors felt like he was good enough to go. And so I don't know if it changed that way with Edge as well, because yeah. he, he was I mean, he left because he was one bump away from being paralyzed. So yeah. for, for him to come back means he must have got some assurance that. He's gotten that much better and, and you know that, that chance for that happening is, is, is uh, quite reduced. but yeah, but I don't know. I, I, I mean, I, mean I, I, I agree with you. Would, would it have meant more if Lesnar went longer? Absolutely. I, I think it would just it just would have continued that, that story and made it that much more compelling. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I will tell you that guys like Kofi, though, um, mm-hmm. they have had a few years, uh, I think, over the last two years, Prior to this one, um, Kofi's been kind of the one who would always have kind of the Naomi spot where he was always very creative about he would get uh, potentially eliminated and then he would do some sort of acrobatics to like jump onto the ringside barrier and kind of run around the side and then jump back onto the, the ring and then get back in. And so he was doing all these like crea- like handstands and walking around outside of the ring to, you know, just different ways of kind of working around the two feet must touch the ground rule sort of thing. So, yeah. so I don't have as much of a problem with Kofi getting manhandled the way he was because he's had a plenty of time to shine the last couple of years, and he, and he had that run last year at WrestleMania where he became champion. Um, I like the fact that they let him at least get a few shots in on Lesnar because he unceremoniously lost the championship to Lesnar on the debut of SmackDown on Fox, and a lot mm. of people were upset by that because he yeah like four seconds yeah or he was just it? decimated, um, which I felt was unfair to him. You know, I mean, the, mm-hmm. they, the the guy earned the right to have a reasonable match with Lesnar. I mean, it's just yeah. so, so at some point it gets ridiculous booking him the way they book him sometimes. But but I'm I'm curious to see what they're going to do with McIntyre because I think they could build a very compelling story based on his background, based on the way he's kind of clawed his way back. You know, kind of getting him out of the 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 evil heel shtick he was doing where it was really more show than anything else, and now bring bring his real story in, get people engaged with him and and really kind of you know the fact there wasn't a lot of interaction with them you know now opens up the gates for you know can this guy hold his own or not and so i think they could tell some some interesting stories but it really depends on if the machine that is wwe gets behind him the right way you know i mean they they certainly could screw this up and turn this into a complete mess they've done it before uh different people but um i I'm, i'm hopeful with his story and with his look and the fact that I think he could have, you know, a really athletic and, and good match with Lesnar, it, it should be interesting. But yeah,
1: so where'd you where'd you rate this one? Oh,
0: well, I actually have a couple other things I wanted to quickly mention. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I thought the Shelton Benjamin uh, entrance was was cool, where they brought up uh, the the history he has at, at University of Minnesota with Lesnar, where the two of them were were teammates, and then you had Lesnar kind of. You know they had the yeah. hug in the ring, and they kind of like get ready, like they're both gonna tackle. They, they takes, them and throws him right out of the ring, and I just, te- I texted you that that was cold.
1: <laughs> yeah, that that was pretty good. That was actually an enjoyable <laughs> moment. Yeah,
0: um, I thought it was cool that MVP uh, came back. He he was someone who was uh, a player in the two thousands, um, so and and he looks to be in relatively good shape for for being uh, ten years older. And and then honestly, I think Edge coming back was was just very cool. I I, I just. You know, when I I texted you, you know, Edge, holy crap, I, I, you know, it really surprised me. I mean, I had heard rumblings he might come back, but I just didn't think, given his neck and everything, that that would happen. So I I thought it was really cool to see him back. It was neat to see him and Randy Orton kind of work their team throughout the match. And then eventually, you know, Randy teases hitting the RKO on him, and then Edge throws him out like, well, you know, you should have thrown me out when you had a chance sort of thing. So so I I just thought the psychology there was good and stuff, so... Uh, so, yeah, so overall, I mean, I really enjoyed the match. Um, I, I'm, I'm excited to see where they take it. So I, I'm probably riding too high a wave of optimism. So I, I will let you bring me down to earth. But uh, I actually gave this four stars. Whoa!
1: Damn! God, Lord, that's a lot of money. Well, um, it,
0: it was based on the storytelling and the psychology, like I talked about. I, I thought I, I enjoyed that.
1: So initially, I had this one. Uh, I had this one rated three stars with uh, right alongside the, the the women's rumble. Okay, all right. Uh, and and a lot of that was, you know, for Lesnar, uh, because I think that they did a really good job at the beginning of that with the way that he was, you know, it, it created kind of a slow match because it was like fits and starts, fits and yeah. starts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but unlike the the first match, it, it was for a reason, instead of just two guys who, like, that's all they can do. However, uh, I then was uh, quite disappointed um, with the exit of Brock, and then also with the fact that Roman Reigns apparently was, uh, I, I, he must have compromising pictures of Vince <laughs> McMahon. That's all I can think of. <laughs> and, and considering oh what God. Vince has done on on, like, national television, <laughs> on the record I can only imagine oh. actually I don't want to imagine what those photos are of <laughs> so uh, then I, I was forced to take and and, and deduct points for that okay. so I, I ended up at two stars oh wow. for this match wow. I was I was I was not only not overwhelmed I was also uh, I was uh, whatever there is between underwhelmed and whelmed okay uh, I was I was just about there you were
0: quarterwhelmed.
1: Uh, Yes, probably that's that's a good quarter whelmed. Yes, I'll 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 leave it with so it was a tale
0: of two rumbles and it was a tale of two perspectives on the rumble.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So I think we've, I think you finished. If I'm if my back of the envelope math is correct, you're probably somewhere around a, a solid mid twenties. I think we're still in the negative negative three thousands for me. I'm
0: I, pretty convinced you are.
1: Against all odds, yes. the, Vince didn't manage to pull it out of the negatives for me. Uh, but you know, wh- wh- such is life. One other
0: special thing to mention: uh, props to Paul Heyman. Oh,
1: Prancing yeah.
0: Prancing around the ring, holding up the belt as Brock. I mean, throwing the belt in the ring so Brock can then prance around with it.
1: Yeah, and and, and, and then and at it one really point running a rather rather stunning suit, like a very a very dapper. Suit oh yes, for I mean for a big man, he was looking he was looking he was looking sharp. He was,
0: and and then at one point he was forced to run around the ring.
1: Oh, to, that was to which point I said, "Is run.
0: there an EMT around? Because that man's going down quickly if you if you make him run too long."
1: That that wasn't that wasn't a run. That was an aggressive waddle. <laughs> is what that was. <laughs> That was an aggressive waddle with lots of forward momentum. That's oh all that was. Gosh. He was essentially falling forward with keeping his feet under him. That's all it was. Oh, there gosh. was no running. Gosh. Uh, so now this brings me to uh, the the WWE app. Which okay. I've, <laughs> oh, or, I have. Are we reviewing this tonight? <laughs> I've I've got to tell you, if if there's if there's another heel in this for me than Roman Reigns it's the freaking wwe app which dropped out on me three times last night as i'm trying to watch this and and then it was it was absolute crap quality video for the whole night i mean not only was it i I had like maybe 10 percent of the rumble in hd another 20 maybe 25 percent in just like plain old regular yeah yeah and then the rest of it was like 1982 like uh, like Sony Television that had been kicked a couple times, and you know the tube was starting to go a little bit. It was absolutely abysmal. Atari or
0: eight-bit Nintendo?
1: Um, I'm gonna say Atari. It was it was shady at times. And then today, when I went to try and go back, I I, I ended up having to go onto uh, my my regular like desktop computer. Going to the website and even then it gave me fits until I it was like two or three attempts. I finally was able to stream from the point at which I wanted to in the rumble. That's dedication. So, so something is going on with what WWE is doing. Maybe it's just me, but I doubt it because, as I told you, I immediately after the rumble, I, I went and I just had, for kicks. I went and streamed HBO off of the same device. Yeah came up crystal clear <laughs> no buffering no nothing <laughs> and i was like okay now i know, now what, we the know what the problem is pro- <laughs> yep yep oh dear. anyways oh dear all right so we've we've spoken at length about all these things and now that i've gotten that bit about the wwe uh app off my chest let's move on to our final segment of the evening and another thing and another thing and uh let's let you go first on this one sir
0: Yes. So, uh, in the time since we had done the last podcast, uh, there has been a uh, well. There's been several unfortunate losses, but um, yeah. but, but but one uh, that happened not too long after we recorded was the passing of Neil Pert, the drummer of Rush. Um, uh, it, it was it was a surprise to me, um, you know, as a fan. I, I read information about the band as it comes out, and and there was really never any indication. Uh, that they were, that he was going through anything, but uh, apparently he had been suffering from uh, brain cancer for about three years. What 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 was really telling to me about the whole thing was, um, and, and I think it really speaks to the friendship and bond that he has with Getty Lee and with uh, Alex Lifeson, uh, is is Getty and Alex constantly are were being asked over the last three years like, is there going to be like one more tour? Is there going to be another, you know one more record or something? And they just continued to, to hold the line saying, no, we think, it, you know, our last tour was our last one. And, you know, Neil was, um, you know, he was already kind of physically breaking down from a drumming perspective, like he was really struggling on the last tour and stuff, uh, you know, mm-hmm. with, with his hands and other things. But never once did they talk about what he was going through. So, so you know, the fact that it, what was really sh- telling to me is that that friendship and bond must go deep because... Um, to, to not talk about that um, and, and to honor his privacy and to honor, because he was a very private guy. He was known to, for being yeah. notoriously private, um, you know, really speaks to to, to, to the level of, of friendship that they had, not just as musicians, but as people. And uh, yeah. so, so my end, another thing was a book that Neil wrote, um, which documented, uh, and, and maybe I did this one already, I don't really remember, but... It's called Ghost Rider travels on the Healing Road, and it's about uh, he documents his his fifty five thousand mile ride, uh, basically up uh, up the west coast of uh, the continent. Up, I think he goes as far as um, oh, I can't remember now. Oh gosh, I should I should know this, but he he goes pretty far north in Alaska. Let's just say, uh, mm-hmm. and then he drives down, um, you know, through the country, uh, through the mountains, and down into Mexico and the Yucatan, um, and, and basically just, you know, writing about his process of kind of getting over, uh, the fact that he lost his first wife and his daughter, uh, within basically within a year of each other, uh, his daughter was killed in a, in a car crash. Um, I think it was around 96 or 97, and then his wife passed away about a year later from cancer. Um, so he, he went through a pretty severe, uh, set of circumstances and, uh, and in, you know, if you watch the documentary about the band, you know, they, they talk about how they thought the band was done at that point um, and, and they understood. Um, but he, he goes on this ride and he kind of works through a lot of um, the grief and the pain and the feelings that he was going through. And, you know, it's certainly a, a book that if you're a fan of the band, you can engage with and connect with. If, if you're not as interested, it's probably a bit harder. But but I would just say, you know, if, if you're looking to read about someone's tale of kind of dealing with that sort of tragedy in their life and, and just how he used nature and what he saw to kind of bring himself back to see um, that, that, you know, he, he could restart and he could uh, continue his life forward. It, it was a very interesting read for me. And uh, and so, yeah, so that's my and another thing.
1: Uh, my another thing is uh, is a uh, podcast uh, which I subscribe to uh, the Tim Ferriss show. Uh, which is probably fairly well known. I think the guy has something like like a half million. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, there's 1.5 million subscribers to his email list. Uh, his podcasts have been downloaded millions of times. And this is uh, episode number 405 of his podcast, and it is with Penn Gillette, uh, who is half of the magic duo Penn and Teller. And uh, it's entitled, Penn Jillette on Magic, Losing 100-plus Pounds and Weaponizing Kindness. Uh, oh, Penn nice. Jillette is a fascinating dude. Um, and he is just a remarkable person just in general. And uh, this is a great listen as far as him talking about magic, about his life, about his uh, weight loss, where he did lose well over 100 pounds, and uh, just about being uh, kind as a skeptic. Uh, So thank you all very much for uh, tuning in. Thank you very much for listening. We really appreciate it. And and damn it, if you made it this far, please, by all means, uh, have a drink on us. You've earned it. You have well earned it. Uh, So uh, this is the point uh, now when we must uh, bid you all farewell, adieu, uh, a bon voyage, if you will. Even if you won't, Uh, we're still going to say bon voyage. I don't know what it means, but I mean, hey, have a good one. Um, so at this point now, uh, what I like to do is I like to hand off the the baton and let Tim run this one right into the uh, to the end of the. the I, I don't know where I'm going with this. I'm tired. It's, we, <laughs> I'll be quite honest with you. We've been fighting technical difficulties all damn night trying to get this thing recorded. So I'm a little bit more loopy than normal. I can't even blame it on the bourbon because I've actually I've been I've been pretty damn good tonight because I've kept on having to try and figure out what's going on for tech issues so <laughs> I got no excuse other than I am just a moron uh, so anyways but I I like to hand off the baton to Tim for moments like this because obviously I'm no longer capable of speech that makes sense so Tim if you would be so good as to have the final word in our discussion this evening good sir.
0: Well, I I can only think of but one thing. Given the technical difficulties that my good friend has has suffered both yesterday and today, given the fact that he had to watch uh, two different Roman Reigns performances last night, uh, I'll just say this. If this podcast starts earning some coin, I think the first thing we need to get on staff is a psychologist to sit with the poor man and help him work through these issues. Because let's just say I think poor Brother Todd is going to start going Lewis Black on all of this. So. Oh, my brother, testify. <laughs> so with that being said, be good to each other. Be, uh, be kind. And uh, please do not forget to hit the lights on your way out. That's right. That took a long week. Good drink.
1: I beg your pardon. What did you say? you're such a disappointing pair i prayed so hard for you <laughs> get out and don't come back until you've received yourselves
0: so say, we all.
1: so say we all
0: i mean that really got out of hand fast